Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Lauren and RJ, the Frangie Show starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride with Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks, and RJ Saunders. I'm Frank Frangie on a cool day today. You, you usually get up at 1130, 1145. Were you up in time for the cold weather today? <laughs> I was not. By the time okay. I got up, it was sunny. It was and like 60 probably yeah, or something. Glorious. Oh, the mighty. Yeah. It was what? cold out there today. Yeah. Yeah, you were up early. I we had a meeting at the at this new ballpark, uh, thirty six degrees. Mm. I had on one, two, five layers. Wow, because I'm kind of a cold weather wimp. And glasses, had the uh, the puffer jacket. That's good. Vortex. I feel like yeah, you're prepared because you've called all these cold weather games now. Well, it's, it's now that you said that, but they're making fun of me because everything I had on was jag was jaguars. My, That's fine. My, my Jaguar fleece, my Jaguar puffer, my Jaguar. I mean, I was Jag guy today. Okay, I was because people I, would pay good money for that stuff. That's, that's where my that's where my cold weather stuff is. Yeah, it's all the um, all the Jaguar. It's forty eight out right now. It's not bad though. But I will tell you this seriously, <laughs> it's not bad. That's for, that's amazing for America's greatest cold weather wimp, which is what I am. Once you're out there, it wasn't terrible because no, you, really you got wasn't all the clothes on. Got, well, and it helps if it's sunny. Correct. Yeah, it, the, that's right. And, it was and sunny. if it's not as windy. But you but both, and it was yeah. both. So, so yeah, yeah, so. Cool day out there today. I didn't really. My wife loves it, by the way. My wife loves cold weather. She's out. She's. I'm not making this up. She went out. She was walking the dog today, in a t-shirt and a windbreaker. Now, now I say walking the dog, taking the dog out back and bringing the dog back in. It wasn't oh, a walk, okay. but it still was a t-shirt and a windbreaker. It was before I left, so it was in the low 30s. She's in, she had a t-shirt. I said, "Aren't you?" She said, ah, I love it. I said, "Okay, tough guy." Well, you you didn't exactly walk around the neighborhood. You know, it was, but uh, so there's that. A lot of things to talk about today on the program. College basketball didn't go so well last night. Got a thought about the Gator basketball team that I want to bounce off you guys. This Bama to FSU portal um, journey. They're getting all of them, aren't they? Well, Texas. Yeah, yeah. The Texas, but, I, yeah. but I, I don't know if you heard this. Or not, but FSU, yeah, it's gotten four or five guys. Well, I don't know if you heard the latest. But Joe Namath, Ken Stabler, <laughs> and Johnny Musso are all going to FSU. He, you probably had heard yeah, that. Yeah, I have not. Yeah, that all is... three. All three. They're getting all three of them. That's it's a bonanza. Uh, Bart Starr, I think. Is yeah. That, isn't it amazing, though? I mean, they're all going there, so I got thought about that. I want to talk about golf a little bit today. Golf? Do we know what we're doing yet? It's the, no, the I don't tour, think so. The PGA Tour, the DP World Tour, and the Public Investment Fund, sponsored by the Saudis, are three different entities. I figured that part out. And we're sitting here. And they're trying to decide how to collectively combine their assets. I read that today. But I read the whole story, and I'm still not sure what it means. I assume we're going to, to us, the consumer, are we going to have a tour like we always have? I guess we're going to have that, right? I mean, nothing's changing in our, in our tour, which is the one I really care about. Yeah, I would, other than, the, again, you're, you're having players that, you know, Rom just affected to live. Uh, and again, it's it's now it's very murky because they had this merger that was very controversial, but then they apparently didn't get it to the finish line because I think their deadline was the end of 2023. 
So I don't know if if now they're I don't know where it stands. I mean, obviously they they're they're both motivated to get it done. So I would assume it gets done. And the PGA Tour has already taken the you know the the punishment from a public standpoint of pursuing the merger. So I mean, you've already if you've already dealt with the backlash, you might as well consummate the deal. <laughs> and so and I think. Uh, I think the the Saudis are still interested in owning the PGA Tour, which is what it was. The PGA Tour can sit there and say, oh, no, it was a merger. No, they were going to own it. They had control over any future investment in it. So obviously it was going to be their tour. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think we still end up there. From a, how it affects us as golf fans, I don't think you'll notice anything different when you go to the players other than obviously the field could be different, but – My hope was that now that they'd gotten the merger or at least the litigation had ended, that players on live could still compete on the PGA Tour when they wanted to, uh, assuming they, you know, had enough points and were eligible to do it. Uh, Because that's the – from a fan standpoint, it's the fragmentation that's really hurt. You know, when you want to see the best players, you know, competing at the Players' Championship, certainly you want to see them, you know, competing at at the majors. And and so hopefully – Hopefully that will be there, and we'll get the most competitive golf that we can. I, I still don't think Live works. I don't think anybody's going to watch the Live Tour. Uh, so you know we'll see how it goes. And and I think the Saudis realize that. I mean the the sport is the the majors and the PGA Tour. You're not going to be able to concoct something that is going to take over that. So you, you'd be better off just buying the entity, which is what they did. Yeah, all I can see is that they've agreed to extend the merger conversation, basically, the deadline. It was the end of the year, like I said, but they're going to keep negotiating. So we were so worried that the PGA Tour logo would be gone and all that stuff, but I I think at least for now we're just going to keep riding on as usual. All right, we'll talk about that today coming up on the program. Let's talk about the playoffs a little bit. So the Texans, do you have to about root as hard against the Texans as you've rooted against anybody in a long time? Because you feel that way or no? I don't feel that way. I mean, I, I'm pulling for the Ravens, uh, and I would probably pull for – Well, it? I'll say this. If, if the Texans do upset the Ravens, I would pull for the Texans over the winner of Chiefs' Bills. You would? I would. See, I, see I don't, I, I'm torn on it. I like their story. I think it's a cool story, but they're the enemy. I mean, they are the enemy. They're, they've replaced the Titans as the enemy. I mean, they're all the enemy, but, but, they're, but they – so I, 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 I don't know. I, I fear them a little bit. Do you have to hate, hate all three teams equally in the division? No. You know, people can do whatever they want, but I'm just thinking I would think the, tight, the Texans are a really cool story. I like the coach. I like the quarterback. I like some of their players. But they're the enemy. I wish they were in the NFC South. You know, they're not. If the Falcons were doing this, I'd be rooting like crazy for them because they're, cool, right? they're a cool story. But it's, so, so but I'm going to talk. And I think they might win. I mean, I mean, I, I think they might win. I don't know that I'm picking them. Not that we're doing picks anymore, but I don't know. We'll see. I think they might. Win. I think the Ravens' defense is going to humble them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I well, think. I, I hope. I, I think this. when I say the, that, let me put it this way: I'm rooting for the Ravens this week for for the reason I just said. I don't want the Texans to be this smoking hot team. Yeah, and and I don't mean to take away from what Houston's done. Actually, if I had to bet the line, I'd probably take Houston in the points because it's just so many points. How many are there? Nine. It is nine. Uh, it's fluctuated between nine, nine and a half. So I mean, that's I mean, again, the Ravens could win 
28-20 and you win the bet if you've got Houston. So I I would be surprised if if Houston won. I the Ravens defense is uh, it's just unbelievable and I think they I think they are going to give Stroud problems, but uh but we'll see. It's it's one I can't wait to watch. I don't hate them like I hate the Titans. I guess that's the difference. Yeah, I don't either. But I understand what you're saying. I'm probably trying to manufacture that a little bit. But at this point, once the Jaguars were out and it wasn't the Texans that put them out, uh, it's like, okay, all right. Well, I I guess I don't wish them harm, but I do think they'll lose. Do you want to talk about Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen? Is that the new new Brady Manning? It's not there yet, but is that – is that the one that's got the chance to be it? You got to wonder if they if they keep showing up, if they if, if those two keep showing up deep into the playoffs, uh, we'll certainly talk about that today. Uh, so a lot of things I want to get to today, but I'm going to start the program after our break with Derrick Henry, the great Derrick Henry, one of the greatest professional sports athletes to ever come out of our area. We don't mention him enough when we talk about it, probably because he's still playing, but there have been some great ones. I mean, Brian Dawkins and Leroy Butler and Bob Hazer in the Hall. Um, some of the baseball Storm Davis and some of the baseball players were just phenomenal. Um, uh, Truck Robinson was a great, great NBA player. Played at Reigns before he got there. We we could go on and on. Great swimmers, Olympic swimmers, everywhere. Yeah. Tons of them. But Derrick Henry's on that list. You know, we we don't. Maybe it's because he's still playing. Maybe it's because he's not from Jacksonville proper. But any place for the enemy. Any yeah. pl- any place for the enemy. Um, and he did in college too. One of the enemies. So, um, and he's destroyed the hometown. And he's, team, and he's destroyed thanks us. To playing for the enemy. Yeah, but I, uh, but I wonder what's going to happen. In an interesting story today, he admitted he was almost traded. Now, remember, a lot of the media entities were reporting that he wasn't on the he wasn't on the trading block. He now says that not only was he on the remember Kevin Byard was traded, and he was on the trading block, and not only on it, but he said you. And I don't have the quote in front of me, but essentially, uh, the point was. You can't imagine how close it was to him being traded. Can't imagine how close it was. So he's 30 years old now. For those that were watching at the end of the regular season, there's still something in there. there there's, no, there's no doubting that. Well, running backs get old at 30. True, but he's a different cat, you know? So what happens with the great Derrick Henry? We'll talk about that. That's how we'll kick off the program. We'll talk Derrick Henry. We'll talk some NFL uh, a little bit about Mahomes and Allen later on in the program. What's going to happen with golf? I got a thought or two about that. Uh, Florida basketball didn't look very good. Florida State's getting a lot of portal guys. We got a lot to do on the program. Glad you're with us on a Wednesday. Uh, this is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an AC Designs Wednesday on The Frangie Show, brought to you by AC Designs, voted best AC and heating company in Jacksonville. We just have our friends from AC Designs. If uh, you need uh, heating and cooling, and man, you need some heating this time of year, don't you? Call AC Designs, voted the best in town. That is AC Design Company. Frangie and Carlion. Lauren Brooks, RJ Saunders with you. Derrick Henry is 30 years old. I just turned 30. Turned 30 this month. He is, uh, they're telling Derrick Henry he's too old because 30-year-old running backs can't do it anymore. This is the same Derrick Henry 
that they said when he went to college he would have to move to defensive end because he didn't look like a running back. Then he did okay in college, I'm told. There's a couple statues that would suggest that. And then he gets to the NFL. When we got the NFL, they said, we're going to have to go to defensive end because NFL running backs aren't like that. Word on the street is he did okay in the NFL, too. Now they're telling him he's too old. Why do I think Derrick Henry not only has a year left, but a few years left? And and it makes you wonder which type teams, and yes, I'm going to go there, um, would be interested in Derrick Henry. So I'm me. interested in Derrick Henry. Absolutely. I, I mean, Travis Etienne. Bring him home. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be great? Now, again, yeah. if, he, if he's going to cost a lot, they've got more important needs because they've got their starting running back, and he's a very good one. But it's got to at least intrigue you a little, doesn't it? Oh, I would love it. I mean, I think it would be, you know, it's not priority number one, but I mean, I I think if if he was willing to come and it was a economical deal, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, you you <laughs> you can't run the ball in short yarded situations. Well. I mean, you just <laughs> you can't do it. So why wouldn't you go get? Derrick Henry when you know he can do it. Tank Bigsby, you're hopeful. Maybe he can become that. But why? This this organization, too much is hope. Well, we hope this happens. Well, this could happen, and that might happen. And this 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 could fall into our lap. And, well, maybe this improves. Why don't you just go and get the improvement? Get the things that are proven commodities. Derrick Henry is a proven commodity. Yes, he's, he's on the downslide of his career. But to your point, if he has a year or two left, why wouldn't he make sense for an offense that is way too finesse? This is a man that still averaged 4.2 yards a carry this past season behind the worst line in the NFL. Uh, He still was able to go to uh, over 1,100 yards on the ground, 12 touchdowns. Uh, I mean, he's got six seasons now in a row where he has run for at least 10 touchdowns. I'd, so to me, yes, if if he was willing to come here, I absolutely I'd be interested in Derrick Henry. Again, it wouldn't be my number one offseason priority, but you can have a lot of balls in the air when it comes to personnel, and I absolutely would have feelers out on on his interest and his price. Thirty year old running backs typically are are getting up there because they've been handed the ball too often throughout their career, right? They have too many tread on their tire, too much tread on their tires. But Derrick Henry, as we all remember very well early on with the Titans, didn't get the ball that much. So this isn't the same 30-year-old if, if, let's say, Travis Etienne was 30. It's not the same type of carries that he's had. I think Derrick Henry would be the starting running back on the majority of franchises in the NFL. And, yes, behind that offensive line that was terrible, like Hayes said, he performed incredibly well this season. And he's got this this great attitude about him too that I think would make him great for any team. Yeah, and let's be honest, let's not over let's not overdo it. It's not like he led the league in rushing. He was second. <laughs> right. Do you realize that? After all the talk yep. about him, do you realize he was second in the league in rushing? Did you I mean and, I mean, and I again, mean think, you think about it for a second. This twenty nine year old over the hill guy yeah. was second and by the way with no passing attack. Yeah, and he was behind Christian McCaffrey, who might be the best player in the league. Right. And you won't, and you don't need him to be the focal point of your offense here. He just has to be a supplemental part, and in that role, I mean, he could be fantastic. So again, I I don't know. Obviously, the Jaguars have a a, a really good player in Travis Etienne. So I don't know what kind of uh, interest Henry is going to get, but my guess is it's going to be 
widespread interest, and it's going to be from teams that are closer to the Lombardi Trophy than the Jaguars are, at least by perception. So I think it's going to be difficult for the Jaguars to to win the sweepstakes. Uh, and again, it's not that his contract's going to be monumental. I just think that it's hard because you can't promise him the workload that I think teams that are still playing would be able to do. And so that's it, – it's it, but again, I would absolutely make an effort because I I think he'd be a dynamic. You get Derrick Henry and you get a new center and a new right guard, and I mean you could easily go from being a finesse team to a team that can oh. operate with some power and move or, people. Or, or a team that certainly of the weaknesses – Third and short and fourth and short were the was the glaring weakness. I mean, there there's there's other weaknesses. No, they're, they're pathetic at it. But that's the glaring weakness. Yeah. The, the, if there's a, if there's a glare, and again, I don't expect them to make right. it. That's how right. bad they are. Right. Well, and, and neither and, do they. Well, well, yeah. they certainly they certainly try to do it in a finesse way because they don't have any choice. Right. They don't expect to make it running the ball. That's correct. Yeah. And and look, and again, I'll, I'll I'll scream this into the mic now until September. I'll say it again. This is a this was a nine and eight team. Not a four and thirteen team. They were close, so get get a few things in place that would make them better in short yardage. Would apart from the Jags, what is left for Derrick Henry? Let's say whether he's here or not. Um, am I crazy to think there's two, three more years left? I'm not saying I mean, he was second in the league in rushing behind an awful line. Yeah, he's not a guy on the decline. I don't attribute any of you know. Obviously, he went from fifteen hundred yards on the ground to eleven hundred. So I mean, he. He went from uh, 4.4 a carry to 4.2. So there, there, if you look at just the pure numbers, it would suggest, well, there's a, the decline has begun. But again, environmentally, look at what was around him, and it wasn't very conducive to running the ball successfully. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, if, I think if, I'm, if I was advising Derrick Henry, what I would say is, look, you're going to get – he needs to get to 100 rushing touchdowns to really lock himself into Canton. He's probably already there. But if he runs for 10 more touchdowns and gets to 100, there's no way he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. So, uh, you know, you, you want to go to a place that's going to assure him that role, which is why this place would absolutely do that because he would get the ball every time they get inside the three-yard line. But, again, there's going to be other teams that are going to be willing to offer him that. So I, th- I think for Derrick Henry, it's you want to win a ring. You know, you don't want to have a career in which you never got to the, the big game. So the number one priority would be ring chasing. The number two priority would be and have a role in the offense where you've got a chance to go get 10 rushing touchdowns this next season, which I, I think he's, he's going to have. So, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to have a very favorable. I don't buy into. There was word in, in Nashville when we were up there, you know, well, Derrick Henry may have to wait until like summer to get his next deal. I, I don't see that. I think, I think there will be a team that – signs Derrick Henry very quickly when the new league year opens. Again, I don't think it's going to be for crazy money, but I, I do think it's it's going to be for a specific role on a team that enables Henry to win and make sure that his resume is Canton-worthy, if it isn't already, and I, I believe it is. But he's at like the 95%. If he gets 10 more rushing touchdowns and gets to 100 for his career, there's no way he's not getting in the Hall of Fame. To your point, Marshall Falk has 100 rushing touchdowns, so Derrick Henry's only 10 behind him. Barry Sanders, 99, so he's only 9 behind him. 
And again, if he goes to a team like the Jaguars, whether it's the Jaguars or another team that, that's bad at short yardage situations, he's going to get the ball and he's going to score. I mean, how many times have we seen him break long runs? That's a lot. But that's not what teams are necessarily going to ask him to do moving forward. Do you realize Derrick Henry has had a 2,000-yard season in both college and pro? It's amazing. Think about what I just said. A 2,000-yard season is both a collegian and a pro. A 2,000, 2,000. And I believe he had a 4,000-yard season in high school. <laughs> I mean, th- I mean isn't that amazing? I mean, th- I mean, think about that for a second. He, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think he's anywhere near done. I don't think he's Derrick Henry of his prime. I'm not suggesting that. I know there's a difference between a 30-year-old running back and a 24-year-old running back. I get it. But I, I, I don't think this cat's anywhere near done. And well, what, a, what a good player he – what a good person he's been. What a good representative. The time I remember he was, he's been in our studio, I think probably across the street, or maybe he was here. What, 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 I forget what it would building. have been across the street. But, but I remember him being in our studio. I remember him being on our, on, on our air during – I think primetime had him a lot. Yeah. During, during he's the he's a days. tremendous, tremendous just, kid. Just great representative, great representative of Yuli. A uh, great representative of Alabama. Of the, I just, uh, my goodness. And how much fun would it be to be able to cheer for him? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, imagine right, right. The how electric about- the stadium would be if when the yeah. Titans roll in here next year, Derrick Henry breaks a 13-yard touchdown run. Yeah, yeah good point. You know, you know the best thing about having him here? He's not going for a buck eighty-one against you. Right. <laughs> I, can, I can I can pretty much guarantee that's not going to happen. That's one the one yeah. way I can guarantee right. that's not going to happen. Yeah. Only eight players in NFL history have gone over 2,000 yards. Yeah, and, oh, I know. I, I mean, I can remember when OJ did it, mm-hmm. and it was such an incredible feat. Because that was 14 games? Yeah, it was 14. Oh, yeah, it was 14. Oh, wow. But I can remember when OJ did I think it was 14. But I remember when OJ did it, people stopped and couldn't, couldn't believe it happened. I, I, remember, I remember the talk about it that week. Like, can you believe this? I think that maybe it was the Bills announcers. It might have been the, the national TV announcers. The one guy, I, I, I'm going to paraphrase, I'm going to get it wrong, but the one guy says to the other guy, do you realize what we have just witnessed? Do you, do, you probably saw the clip on NFL Films. Yeah. Or do you realize what we have just witnessed? Now, honestly, Lauren, I didn't realize it was eight. I didn't realize it was that many, but it was. And what's crazy is no one will probably ever do it again. I mean, we're seeing McCaffrey like, yeah. get to about 1,400 yards this season. Which is season, an enormous season. And that's a yeah, lot. And that's, very good point. that's probably one of the only seasons he hasn't been injured. But most teams are never yeah. going to give their running back that, the ball that many times. Yeah, you're right. You're right. The, the game the game's changed enough that you probably won't ever see it again. So, Derrick Henry, we'll see what winds up happening with him. I'd love to see him here. Again, I don't think he's priority number one, but why not? I mean, if he – if, why not? I mean, I mean, goodness gracious! Oh, it'd be, third, ma- it'd third be such a magnificent press conference. Third, and, oh yeah, I mean, third, I mean this, and then again, I mean, if you can visualize him taking the ball from Trevor and just gashing a team, you know, even about, how about this? Think about this for a second. They were nine and eight this year. What if they'd have been good at third and one? What if they had? They would have won twelve push? games. Yeah. They, they would have won eleven or twelve games. Yeah, I mean, he would be the difference if, yeah. if if everything was the same. Yeah, and you added Derrick Henry. Instead of if you played Derrick Henry instead of the snaps that you gave to uh, Bigsby and Johnson, yeah, they right. they would have won twelve games. Yeah, because because a lot of those would have been third and one. Third and one was the bugaboo, and fourth third and one and fourth and one was the bugaboo to the very end. To I mean to the very end of the season. Uh, what what great irony that it was against Derrick Henry's team. That, that and I don't know if they'd have won the game. They needed a two point conversion anyway, and that still would have just tied the game. But. They couldn't get in from the one yard line, and that was a it was a microcosm of who they were offensively. 
a team that couldn't move, that couldn't gain a yard. And they wouldn't have been in that position if they were good at short yardage well, situations. That's right. we yeah. would, it wouldn't have gotten to the very end of the season. Yeah, because yeah, you're right. You know what? Well, good point. And also, very good point. But even if they had, you know why they wouldn't have failed on the fourth and one? Fourth and goal from the one? Because if they had Derrick Henry, they'd have run it on third and goal from the one. Remember, yeah. they had a third and goal yeah. from the one, mm-hmm. too. And they threw it. And you know what's really sad about this whole conversation is we all know in our hearts there is zero percent chance that this front office yeah. will even well, remotely consider adding him. Well, well, I, and that's I, just sad. Yeah, I think one reason is because there's other there's there's other areas, but I I hope you I hope they consider it. I hope they can. I, I hope they will at least consider it. I I do. I hope this is you know again. See what the market. What what you you, you know this better than I. It's what, hard what, on guys at this age, but I would think. My, if I had to guess it, I guess he'll come in at three years, twenty-four, with really only the first year guaranteed. Okay, so eight, so still late a year. I would think even even year. in his thirty, still late a year. Okay, you would know that better than me. So, I just so, think there'll be such competition for him. Yeah, you know what I'm like. I, my guess is there'll be five or six playoff teams yeah. that view him kind of what we're saying. Yeah, like, he made twelve and a half this year. Yeah, I don't think he's getting that. I don't think so either. But I don't think that's he, doable. I also don't think he's getting like four. Yeah, it uh, the, financially they could absolutely. Do it, but I just—it's just not the way they do business. So I mean, so. it's all hope. <laughs> this is going to be the year for Caleb on Chase on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you say that enough times, maybe you'll be right. I mean, so they'll—they'll uh, they'll say that they have it answered in Tank Bigsby, and they don't need him. And isn't Snoop Connor still around? We'll see Snoop what happens. Yeah, I mean, solution. It's just—it's just sad that you just—you know that—that that even though this is a, a really good idea. They, they, it, you would probably be laughed out of the room if you suggested this to their front office, still, which is which is sad. I'm still mad at myself about Snoop. There it is. I can understand yeah, that's, that. Yeah. That's an opportunity missed, though. <laughs> that's because you I'll only had one opportunity. Although, that's an opportunity missed. I'll never get to revisit. <laughs> Life's not fair sometimes. We take a break. Uh, let's talk portal after this. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an AC Designs Wednesday on the Frangi Show, brought to you by AC Designs, voted best AC and heating company in Jacksonville. It is an AC Designs Wednesday. All right, Frank and Hayes, when you saw this graphic, if you saw it uh, on three, put it together, built by Bama is what it says. And then there are five FSU players, current, uh, former Alabama players, now current FSU players, all have entered the transfer portal to go from Alabama to Florida State. How much better would you feel about Florida's team if that graphics was all those five Alabama players going to Florida well, instead? Well, and that's kind of the point where I wanted to go with this is, I mean, FSU, here's what I figured out. FSU has so figured this thing out that I now find myself thinking, now listen, those players are leaving Alabama for a reason, I suppose. One of it's because they have a new coach. Gosh, I, I, I'm now starting to think FSU might be just like they were this year. They may be really good again. Now, a lot of it depends on DJ Uyunglele, who is not as good as Jordan Travis, and Jordan Travis was having a special season. And I assume DJ is going to be the quarterback. I mean, I mean, there's nobody else. I mean, you got the Luke is the is the freshman, and Brock Glenn is going to be a I would think a career backup. Um, but 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 the larger point, Hayes, is this to me. It almost seems like the among the good players. The portal thing is like this little um, community in a vacuum. The, the Alabama guy goes to Georgia. The Georgia guy goes to Alabama. The uh, the good Alabama receiver goes to Texas. The, you know what I mean? It, it's all 
all the all the name schools that did very well this year are all kind of lumped in there together. Have you, you guys have you noticed that? Sure, yeah. And so so I find myself thinking a floor I mean number one is F A let's start with FSU. I think they're loaded again because of all these guys. I mean, does it feel that way to you? And again, I don't. I don't know. I don't. Know. I don't feel like loaded like they were. You know, but they might be. They might be loaded like they were two years ago when they went like ten and three, and you could see it coming to a special year this past season. So, my guess is it's more there than it is with a team that easily could have won the national title. Uh, so, I mean, that's again. There's there's still. There's still parts of this to play, but, I mean, again, they were starting at a very low baseline. They lost their bowl game by 60 points, and that was going to be, yeah. you know, the, your starting point of your 24 season was going to be the players competing in that game. Well, obviously, that wasn't a, that's not a very good group. So it, they've added to it, and they've done a good job adding to it, but I don't know that I can go from yeah. that baseline starting point to now I think they're one of the four or five best teams in the country. And mine is just gut. I, I don't know enough about – we don't know anything about transfers that are coming in very often. I mean, we, we, we know Isaiah Bond, who's going from Alabama to Texas, is really – just who have played, we know. Right, right who, especially ones that have played at a high level. But I don't but, – but still, I, I don't know. I, I, when I see all this happening – I mean, the other thing, too, is, look, Saban's the greatest to ever do it. He misses on players. Yeah, that's I right. I mean, you know, look at Damian George, Exhibit A. I mean, Nick Saban signed Damian George and obviously realized – that that was a mistake. You don't think he's good? <laughs> he goes to Florida and sets an SEC record for holding penalties. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think Texas has gotten the Alabama guys of consequence. Uh, I mean, look, if you're FSU, you should be encouraged. I mean, if you're going to take somebody out of the portal, Alabama's a pretty good place. Yeah. To, I mean, but but it's not like it's a guarantee that that player is going to be good for you because, as, again, as good as Saban's batting average is, it's not perfect. I'm, I think we sometimes look at a transfer portal and we just see the name of the school and then we get excited about it, right? Like, okay, they're coming from Georgia, Alabama, wherever, any of those really good programs, Ohio State, USC, well, and we get excited because whether it's our school or another school, they get excited because they at least know that player was probably a four or five star. I got two thoughts. That's half of it. Half of it is, yeah, if you're getting a guy from Alabama or Ohio State, once upon a time, he was highly regarded. I agree with that. The other thing is, FSU has proven to me they know which guys to go get. It's Jared Verse and, and Johnny Wilson and, and Keon Coleman and Jordan Travis and Trey Benson, and, and I'm sure they've missed on some. But my goodness, though, Fabian love it. The ones they go get sure are good. You know, I mean, they, they Travis was there before Mike Norvell, but all the other ones yeah, for sure. But, but, but he still FSU went and got him. I mean, so FSU knows. No, it seems like they know which guys to go get, and it just, or maybe it's developing them. It's just, I just look. I yeah. just, I, I just get this. My gut. This is all gut. Yeah. It's, it, my gut tells me. My gut tells me they're they're on the verge of doing it again. That's that's my gut. Yeah. Well, and, and I will say this for them: they are at least in the battle. Right. I mean. This was a golden opportunity for Billy Napier to change some of the perception around him and his program. You know, go get some Alabama guys, but he can't well, that, because it's viewed so poorly. That's the thing. It's, it's why would I go there when I can go to Florida State, who just had a 13 win, 14 win, whatever it was, 13, 14 wins 
I guess it was 13. 13. Um, and or I can go to Texas, who was in the playoff. I uh, why would I pick up the phone on Billy Napier, which is what this has shown. So I mean, I'm not trying to. I, you'd much rather be in Florida State's position. It's just I don't know that I can get to. I now think they're a contender for the national yeah. title again. Yeah, it, it, I always thought they were probably going to make the playoff because right. I think their conference is dreadful and right. somebody's got to win yeah. it. So yeah, it, I, you know, I I think I always right. thought they were going to make the playoff. Now maybe they're instead of a nine seed, they're a six seed. Right. But uh, um, yeah, and, and I don't know that. But Florida's not even at the party. Yeah, I don't. Well, right, and I'm going to go there in a minute. But I don't know that FSU is one of the three best teams in the country. We'll, we'll that'll play out. That always plays out. Who? I don't know who the best teams are. I guess the, the guys that have Georgia because they're always good. Ohio State Ohio, brings Ohio, back yeah, everybody. Yeah. But uh, but I my gut just tells me they're in that they're in that, they're in the conversation of really good teams based on what they. And I may be wrong by the way because I don't pretend to know these guys, but I do think that. Two other things, I will tell you this, Jimmy Sexton. I, I'm kind of where you are on this, Hayes. I don't believe, I I don't believe that Mike Norvell told Alabama no, so they went to Kalen DeBoer, their second choice. I don't believe that. I believe Nor they had interest in Norvell. I think they had interest in Lanning. I even think Lanning might have been the first choice, but I think I I think DeBoer was probably the choice they wanted if they couldn't get Lanning. That's my opinion. And that's not trying to be anti-FSU. It's just what I think. But Jimmy Sexton has done a marvelous job in the spin world of of positioning it as, as if Mike Norvell turned him down. And maybe he did, by the way. But I'm telling you what I think. Yet, DeBoer is also his guy. I mean, it's been masterful. And I think that has served FSU well. Look, you're almost going to Alabama when you go to FSU because they're getting a bunch of Alabama guys and they got the guy Alabama wanted coaching them. So – Everything's falling into place for the Knowles. I guess that I guess I'm putting it all in there together. It's all sort of falling into place. I think. Oh yeah, I mean there certainly should be optimism that uh, there's not going to be a, a a monumental step back from what was a great year. So, I uh, to me it's just a question of is it a small step back or is it a you know a little bit more sizable? Um, but I I don't think it's going to be. I don't think we're going to be sitting here talking about a four loss FSU team. I mean I just no. I just don't. A I don't think the schedule would. I don't think it's that challenging. So, uh, in in looking at it, I mean, I, I think they should be very excited. I mean, they, he's he's starting to really do well in in recruiting. I think they have the tenth best class. So they they slipped a little at the end, but uh, very good. But class. still, top ten class, and and they're doing a great job in the portal. And again, for some reason, Clemson still doesn't participate in the portal, <laughs> right. which has just got to just shock you. Right, right. I mean, I, I have no idea what. How how you can just ignore the portal if you're Clemson? Right. I mean that's just mind blowing to me in this day and age. But I uh, you know so in in their conference there's really not a lot of of teams. Miami I guess, but you know Miami can't figure out a simple clock, so it's hard to you know view them as and, real contenders. And meanwhile, in that same conversation, his Florida is the Florida football program ever felt more on the outside looking in than it does now? No. I mean, it has gotten to where now when a good player goes to the portal, many of whom had Florida second when they picked their first school, Isaiah Bond among them. I don't even think there's a chance the Gators are getting them. I think the Gators are going to wind up getting guys from smaller programs that they find a way to get. Joey Slackman might be a really good player, but he came from Penn. I, I think – when it, when a player of significance 
I mean, I can't ever, I said this yesterday, I can't ever remember in my, in my lifetime when, well, Florida will get him long as Ole Miss doesn't offer. Think about that sen- Think about that, s- that sentence. Florida can get him as long as Ole Miss doesn't Look, offer. Look, I, I mean, I, I, so they, I know they've, they've put out lines for some of the big college football games next year. I don't know if this game has a line because it's deep into the season and it's not like necessarily a marquee game. But Ole Miss at Florida next year, that might be Ole Miss favored by nine and a half. Yeah, yeah. Think about that. Yeah, and, The and Ole Miss Rebels in the swamp here's the, here's might the, be a double-digit favorite. Here's the question. You, like you said, you don't know because it's deeper in the season. What if that was the opener? Right now, what would the line be? Ole Miss by four? Five maybe? Oh, I would jump all over Ole Miss in four. I, I, I would, I would, what would, I would have to think seven and a half to eight. Yeah. Well, if, they play, if, if right now they were setting the line, if, they, if, they, if that was the opener on August 31st or whenever, yeah, Ole Miss by Ole Miss, whatever by whatever, Ole Miss would be I a mean, road you're, favorite. You're talking about yeah. a team that's probably going to be sixth somewhere in the yeah. polls, yeah. somewhere like that, right. sixth versus unranked, yeah, and not yeah. even close to yeah. getting votes unranked. Yeah, uh, it, granted, it's in Gainesville, but still, I I think it'd be Ole Miss. What was Utah? A touchdown plus. What was Utah ranked? We didn't know about Cam Rising, so it doesn't it doesn't. Yeah, it went well, back Utah, it did, but I want to say it settled at like four. eight. It was went. It, 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 I think it was as high as like fourteen, and maybe yeah. got by so, kickoff and, eight. And I can't. And that remember. was on the road. So, yeah. but anyway, back to the point. I uh, I don't know how, other than being really good on the field. I don't know how you fix that. I I I mean, they're they're. It looks like they're trying. Now, I don't think he's aggressive in the portal. I think he takes too long, but because I still feel like there's, don't you still feel like there's four or five spots? open that he could fill absolutely I, I think that but i don't sense there's any momentum for portal guy, for additional portal guys now i just don't sense that i could be wrong but you don't you don't feel it i'm more concerned that the spring portal we're going to see more players leaving leave. florida that's my biggest concern is it's about to get not about but after that time well happens that it could get worse here's why i don't worry about that too much there's not many good ones left I mean, if Trey Wilson left, that would hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if Shamar James left, that would hurt. I, I will say this. Beyond that? And, and we'll see if this evolves with the portal, but it doesn't feel like stars leave post-spring. It feels like that's yeah, more of I a, agree. I'm not playing, I don't like the reps I got in spring drills. I agree with that. So I need to move on where I'm going to be able to play. Uh, it doesn't feel – now, again, that could change because maybe people have money left over from this portal cycle and somebody will go to Trey Wilson's camp and say, how does $1.7 million sound to come play at LSU next year? And then maybe he goes. I don't know. But uh, but it historically – and, again, that's a small amount of time because this portal thing is still very new. But it seems like the post-spring transfer is almost always – the I'm not going to play here transfer, so we'll see. And that's what I've always thought about it too, but with the college coaching changes recently, that's where, like, for instance, with Alabama, I wonder if they're going to go and pilfer because they've had so many guys. Could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the other part of it is what if, what if bigger-name schools, so many of them now, decide they need something? What if they go and poach? Well, if he loses Trey Wilson to yeah, Kalen yeah. DeBoer, yeah. he can go ahead and pack his <laughs> stuff tonight. <laughs> And yeah. not even show up for the yeah. Miami Open. Yeah. yeah, I don't sense that's happening. But <laughs> but I, I don't sense any of the starts, to your point, or star players are leaving now. I just don't think that as I as I see prominent guy. I mean, I I don't think they're in play. They're just not. They're not. In, they're not in play. They're a non-factor. Yeah, they're a mediocre program. They become they become yeah. old Missouri. They become yeah, Missouri's. Yeah. 
Right. You can't even say Missouri. Correct. I mean, it's like I'd say Florida's in there with like South Carolina. South Carolina and Florida, to me, are very similar programs. And not Spurrier, South Carolina. Yeah, right. Yeah, Beamer, (laughs) Shane Beamer, South Carolina. And how did that happen? I mean, that that I mean, how in the world? And again, that's that's a whole show in itself. But just when I see all these guys going to FSU and Alabama and Texas and they're switching places and the Georgia guy goes to Alabama and the Alabama guy goes to Georgia and Ohio State guy goes to Texas and the and 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 if five Alabama goes go to FSU and I think the Gators are, and and oh by the way some big name guys go to Ole Miss who suddenly is is in play the Gators aren't in play for any of them you hire I think that's, bad coach yeah that's I, how it happens I, I guess I guess well or a, a or, or a litany of them you know a, yeah. a litany of unsuccessful coaches I mean it's not just this isn't all just Billy Napier's fault. This was this was built before he got there. This was built before Mullen got there. It's just been this litany of they they're not all of a sudden irrelevant because Billy Napier was lousy his two years. It was uh, I mean Dan Mullen didn't recruit much. Dan Mullen didn't want to do it anymore. Jim McElwain was a bad fit. All those guys had some good moments. Bull Muschamp. I, I mean, but I just think goodness gracious, they're not. They are South Carolina. That that's the better comparison. They have. Florida and South Carolina have become the same team. That that's the, that's the point. They have become the same program. But because of Dan Mullen's on-field success, no one focused on the negatives until it to- got towards the end. I agree. So it's, everyone thought Florida is fixed. Florida is back in the I agree elite, with you. and we can put all those McElwain Muschamp coaches behind us. You're right. The when when Mullen had the big year, the Trask Pitts big year, beat Georgia. Um, we we all thought the only reason they didn't win the title is because Alabama was that special that year, and and yeah, I agree with you. It's it's been a, but I will tell you, it has been a. I mean, they are Florida has become South Carolina in football. Wow, what a comment! Take a break. Let's talk NFL playoffs after this. The Frangie Show live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an AC Designs Wednesday on The Frangie Show, brought to you by AC Designs, voted best AC and heating company in Jacksonville. What if Elton will tour anymore? Think he's done? Nah, he'll tour. You would think, right? Yeah. I wouldn't mind one more run at Elton. Yeah, that'd be great. The, uh, I can tell you this. He's on tour. He is on, he's on tour now? Mm-hmm. Where is he? For 2024. Give me some, some locations. Okay, coming here? Um, I'll figure that out. Hang on. The, uh, what I can tell you is in the arena in May, Earth, Wind, and Fire and Lionel Richie coming together. Oh, wow. How you, can book me for, you can book me for that one. I, 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 That's if, awesome. If you're wondering where I'm going to be May 25th, I can make it easy yeah. on you, okay? Yeah. Go downtown, okay? There's no chance I'm missing. I mean, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Lionel Richie. I think it'll be a fantastic. Yeah. Game. Now, will you stay for Lionel Richie? Is it? Do you like Lionel Richie? Yeah. I mean. Okay. Yeah. I'm fine with. Yeah, I'm fine with him. I, I don't know that he's high on my list. Yeah. But I like Lionel Richie. Okay. Yeah. Who doesn't like Lionel Richie? Lionel Richie's fine. But for Earth, Wind, and Fire is why I go. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, freaking love Earth, Wind, and Fire. Right. I mean, so yeah, I, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll absolutely. I'll love. I'll love. But yeah, yeah. I'll say. Maybe he's yeah. not touring. Maybe yeah. I lied. Lionel Richie did a show at Dailies two years ago. Uh huh. Heard was fantastic. I don't yeah. Know, I a lot oh, of I'm people. sure if you like Lionel Richie, yeah, yeah, it'd be yeah. a great show. Yeah, I, yeah. 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 I'm not words, a huge Lionel Richie did, fan, but I'd like, I, I go you like for the Commodores at all before that. See, the Commodores yeah. were when I was in high school. Yeah. I understand. This is a, this is always Lionel Richie by himself. 
was it as good to me as the old Commodore? Well, that's see, that's what I I know '80s Lionel Richie. Yeah, yeah. So for me, it's I could. Yeah, yeah. Take yeah. it or leave it. But I heard leave he, it. But he but, came, he came a few years ago. That I heard seriously. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that Lionel Richie's. I don't know that I got him on Spotify. Right. You know. But I. Uh, but no, I'm I'm fine. No, with he, he, you're right about his show at Dailies. My cousin went. and She loved it. I heard it was so fantastic. Great time I heard it was so, like yeah, unbelievably. I, I'm, good. I'm not. This isn't a. Yeah. I'm just saying it's just not my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, Earth, Wind, and Fire would be. I would go. Yeah, so it's yeah. I have to figure out like, is this a concert that I'm going for yeah. like the and then leaving or do well, I can I go late? Lauren, you asked a question the other day. Have you ever gone to see the opening act and then left? I've never done that. I mean, I mean, I, I may not pay as attention much attention to one act as the other act. You know, so yeah. But I'm. What I wonder is how close are Lionel Richie and the Commodores to the George Strait Stapleton show? Damn sure going to that one. Oh, it's a week out because I, I think that one's like early they're, June, right? It's they're, they're both the they're both in May. May, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, they're both in May. May's concert city is what May is, right? Maybe I'm so George Strait, Chris Stapleton is May 11th. Okay, so oh, it's two okay. weeks later. So it's two weeks. They're two and weeks. And then before. Luke Combs, not that y'all care, but that's the weekend before. Yeah, so I'll I'll, I'll go Lionel Richie. The, when when's George Strait? May 11th. I'll go to that. I'll Lauren. I'll let you have Lauren. You'll have you can Luke Combs be our Luke Combs representative, and then I will go to um, Lionel Richie's the Earth Wind and Fire for Earth Wind and Fire Lionel Richie for sure. How do you That's, know which one is the opening act and which one is the main? You have act? to probably look at how they've done this. Assuming this isn't the first show of the tour, you'd have to look at what the how they've done the set list in previous dates. My guess is Lionel Richie's the headline. Mine too. That'd be oh, my you guess. guys think that? That okay. would be my that'd guess. Be, that'd be my guess. Yeah. That'd, that'd be my guess too. Yeah, I, 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 I would, I would guess that too. So, I guess Elton John stopped touring in 2017. Yeah, so he may a, not that, that's have all, another. That's what I'm wondering. Is that know. right? Yeah. yeah, he may not have another. I thought he just came no, here he like here, a year. He, or two he was ago. here more recent than that. Yeah, he was here more recent than that. He, he's, in fact, he's been here twice since then. Yeah, he's been here twice since 17. I so his website that. lies. Yeah, so he's been twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. Interesting stuff. Did you see uh, Susanna Hoffs had us a birthday today? She's my age. I know that. Yeah, that's right. She turned 65 today. Yes, you know, I didn't know that. Listen. She and I got that. Yeah. Okay. And there's there's no question. I mean, there's 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 although we haven't met. Right. There's, there's a connection. There's a connection. <laughs> I don't mind telling you. I mean, when there's a connection, there's a connection. By the way, she still looks really oh, good. She's fantastic. Fabulous. She's fantastic. No question about it. Um, playoffs this weekend. Game you want to watch the most? It's got to be Bills Chiefs. I mean, that's the that's the headliner. That's the heavyweight. That's you know that that might end up being better than the Super Bowl. I mean, mm-hmm. so it it might end up being the best game of the entire tournament. So. I it's it's Chiefs Bills by a wide margin, but I mean it's 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 a great weekend. It always is. It's uh, arguably it's one of the best weekends in sports, uh, and you know I, I I think it's it's a little more lopsided than what most years would be. I can't remember having half the games where it's you know the line is is over nine points, but I mean they're all exciting games. I mean I'll, I'll I'm looking forward to watching every single one of them. So. Uh, but definitely Chiefs Bills is the the massive massive headliner. Uh, but the other three are are great as well. It's kind of crazy. The Bucks Lions has Lions has the closer spread than Texans Ravens. But I think if you ask people, you can only watch one of these two games. Everyone would pick Texans Lions at yeah. Texans Ravens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, I think the Texans look. And again, I'm an AFC guy. I'm not much of an NFC guy at all. I've done Jags games for all these years, and before that, I was this big Steelers fan. So I'm not really been much of an NFC guy, but I think the AFC games are just way better. I mean, I mean yeah, it's way, a way better conference, way better, correct? Uh, way, way better, way 
I mean, really, really better. Well, it's also because some of the heavyweights in the NFC lost. Like, because there's no Eagles and there's no Cowboys, the games on paper, at least, don't look as exciting. Yeah, I mean, that's very true. Your quarterbacks are Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, Brock Purdy, and Jordan Love. I mean, now maybe in five years, those will be less. I mean, maybe at some point, Love becomes a superstar and Purdy is a superstar. And, you know, I think Goff and Mayfield are sort of, they've hit their peak, but. But I wouldn't feel. But you're right, Lauren. But I wouldn't feel any different if Dak and Jalen Hurts were playing. For me, I wouldn't feel any different about the NFC stuff. For me, it would be better. I I would if if Dallas hadn't played so poorly and it had Philadelphia not choked. If it was, so that would have been. I uh, I guess that would have been if everything had held. Right. Eagles would have gone to the 49ers, and the Cowboys would have hosted the Lions. That would be much better for me. I'll still watch this, and I'll still oh, be excited yeah. to watch this. Yeah. But definitely having the Cowboys or Eagles in it would have made it more sizzling on that side for me. I will, I'll tell you one thing that is interesting for me. I really, and I was wrong, I really liked Baker Mayfield coming out of college. I thought he was going to be a fantastic player. I thought he was Drew Brees all over again. I thought he was going to have a Drew Brees career. I mean, I thought he was – I thought that's who I thought he was. I thought it was Drew Brees reincarnated, same size, same kind of moxie, same kind of likability, you know, kind of, he, on that kind of that edge of almost sassy, chirpy, but not quite. You know what I mean? I, I and I, I thought he was. Were you were you surprised that he didn't pan out, or did you not think so? Because I, I thought Baker Mayfield, when he came into the league, was going to be fantastic. Yeah, I remember during that draft process, you were real high on him. Yeah. Um, I, I, th- I think I thought he'd be decent, not, you know, not great, but I, I don't think I had him, you know, busting either. Um, so he, he's probably been. I'll give him credit. I mean, he's he's had a lot of ups, and obviously he's on the precipice of having maybe his biggest one if if they can win in Detroit on Sunday. Uh, but um, but yeah, I I would say I thought he'd be sort of middle of the roadish more than uh, which is kind of been what it's kind of what it's been. He, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, there's crazier things. He'd be in the Super Bowl. I mean, I mean, I mean, there's there's yeah. crazier things than them. Continue. They're playing at a decent level right now. Prisco has the Packers beaten San Fran. So, yeah. like, if that happens, if the 49ers get upset, oh, it's it's as wide open as it could possibly be. If if that if Tampa does if all Tampa has to do, I say all, but if it's beat Detroit in Detroit and then beat Green Bay in Tampa, they could absolutely do that. I, I tell you this: when Dempsey and I used to do a show together, Mike used to say this is the best weekend in all of sports. And I argued with him because March Madness first the first weekend is always my favorite, and I'll stand I'll, I still think it is, but boy this the second weekend in the NFL playoffs is really good. I mean that that is that that is a really every year man that is a really good Saturday Sunday. It really is. I know we're supposed to be over the morning, but it's a lot better when you're in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm not the over the morning. I'm, that that's yeah. not going to happen yeah. for a while. You know it's funny. I'm not. I'm not either. None of us are. I mean, it, that 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 fall was a hard fall. I mean, it was a hard fall. Um, but I'm going to enjoy this weekend now. I, 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 yeah. I, I, I mean, I will be, I will be locked in this weekend. The morning doesn't preclude me from <laughs> right. enjoying the the, sure. the playoff just, games. It just doesn't mean the morning's. But gone. it's definitely like, yeah, gosh, you. what a just blown opportunity. Well, how do you let that happen? Yeah, that that that's the thing. So of the 
games, obviously, like we talked about, most of them have high spreads. Chiefs are only two and a half point underdogs to the Bills. Are you surprised that the Bills are favored by two and a half? Uh, no, but I think, but I'm not sure I'm picking the Bills in yeah. that one. I know everybody in the world is picking the Bills. I'm not sure that's where I am. I, I, I mean, I watch the Steelers who are, Hayes and I are watching it together. I watch the Steelers who are not very good. Came an eyelash from being in that thing. You know, they, yeah. they, they were one play away from, and I don't think the Steelers are very good at all. And the Steelers were an eyelash from being in that game with the Bills. I mean, I'm really picking were. the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. I might take the Chiefs. You take, would you take them straight up? Yeah, I would too. I think I like the Chiefs in that game. Who would you take straight up? It's so hard, but I'll take the Bills. Yeah, but that's the point. I I think that's a obviously that's the marquee game. But I, again, I I just I can't wait to see Patrick Mahomes on the road for the first time in the playoffs ever. Isn't that, that is incredible? Is it is it is the seventeen? Is it seventeen game? I think it's fifteen. He's fifteen, 15. and three. Oh, so it's think, eighteen. Games. So I think it's. Yeah. But isn't that amazing? He's never played a true road game in the playoffs. Number one, give them credit. That's a testament to how good they've been in the regular year. But isn't that an amazing stat? Yeah, really Sorry, he's twelve and three in the playoffs. So yeah, he's played fifteen games all at home. I mean, it's it's, ama- it's ama- I mean, that, it's I mean, it's amazing, amazing stuff. It really is. Let's take a break. Let's talk some Jaguars football after that. We talked a little bit about uh, Derrick Henry. Let's keep it on the Jags. Let's keep it on the NFL and switch it to Jags. Got a Jags thought? Stay with us. The Frangie Show live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on Ten Ten XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an AC Designs Wednesday on the Frangie Show. Brought to you by AC Designs. Voted best AC and heating company in Jacksonville. Ever seen Bon Jovi? I have not. Is that good? You? I'm not. I've never seen that. I wouldn't mind seeing Bon Jovi. Wait, I mean, that's, you know, again, they weren't high on my list, but it's one you kind of got to see. Yeah. Oh, I was with, we had a meeting yesterday. And uh, the Frampton song, uh, Baby, I Love You Way, came on, but it was somebody else, some woman that did it, like, more recently. Do you know who that would be? I do not. Do you know? I do not. I don't like it. Why? It is Frampton song. You guys loved all the covers. I don't like it. Yeah. I like covers. Well, I don't like that. I don't, <laughs> I don't, and I don't like you. Okay. Feelings mutual. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, so we talked about the Jags and all the uh, defensive coordinators they're bringing in. Um, does it matter when they do that? Does it matter? I mean, that's one you don't rush, right? Yeah, I don't think there's under, they're, uh, they're under any sort of you know, massive deadline or anything to get it done. Um, you know, so I, it's kind of hard when there's still so many head jobs that are available. So until that market starts to settle, you're probably not going to have a, I mean, there's certainly the chance you're not going to have a lot of clarity on, uh, on the defensive coordinator pool. So uh, you just, you, you interview guys that you can. And, uh, but I, I would think it's a hire they could make, you know, in the next 10 days and not have any issues with that at all. So Ryan Nielsen, the Falcons defensive coordinator, originally was blocked, and then now it looks like since the Falcons are interviewing people like Bill Belichick and other guys that are going to be head coaches, he's probably not going to be a head coach for them, so now he's allowed to interview here. So there's at least another name in the mix. Uh, I would say, yeah, they have plenty of time because the season doesn't start for quite some time. Yeah, I, I don't think it's when you get in a hurry on. I and I th- in, in fact, I am, um, and it's when you got to get right. 
I, uh, yeah. When do you think we'll start hearing Hayes? In your opinion, not just that, but the mutterings about who's 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 coming back, who's not. When does the league year start? March. Uh, March thirteenth. March thirteenth, when the league year starts. Um, do they cut Cam Robinson? Do they not? Do they tag Calvin Ridley? Do they not? Is there a deal in place for Josh Allen? That even if it's not announced until then, can they announce a deal for Josh Allen before that or no? Yes, they can. For for your own guy, you can, right? Mm-hmm. When you, when will we hear mutterings? I need mutter. I'm all about muttering. I love I love muttering. Usually, it starts at the Senior Bowl because all those guys talk and gab, and so it starts to leak out a little bit then. And uh, you know, so I I would think it's you know deadlines spur the action. So I would think a Josh Allen deal get done 24 hours before they have to apply the tag would be my guess. Uh, because I do think they want to use the tag on Ridley. So, uh, and and they're obviously not going to let Josh Allen test the market. So, uh, if if they can't get the deal done, then they have to tag Josh Allen, which would be a crime. But, uh, but they could do that and then let Ridley hit the market. So, I, I would think because of the the deadline nature of the NFL, I would think the Josh Allen deal will be announced 24, 48 hours before the franchise tag has to be applied. Is that a question that? Any of these guys interviewing for the position are asking, "What are you doing with Josh Allen?" That's a great question. Yeah, I would think yes. I would. How, how's it not? I mean, I mean, if you're trying to listen, most guys interviewing for the job want the job. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's a lot of guys that are interviewing hoping they don't get it or not sure they want it. But I would think Wink is in that category. Uh, there's a handful that will be sought by more than just one team, right? I mean, I, I mean, I would think Wink Martindale heads that list yeah if you're if you're a candidate with leverage I think absolutely you ask those questions if you're a candidate that just is praying to get the job you're probably like okay yeah whatever what whoever is here I, I can turn chase on into a nine and a half sack guy so I think it just does let me work with him. yeah I think it does depend on on the individual and, and how they approach it uh my guess is the Jaguars don't give a lot away uh in in those because again they they know how the league works, and anything you say in an interview to a candidate, that's very likely going to be around half the league yeah. within 30 minutes of that guy walking out, particularly, and then if he doesn't get the job, I mean, then it's he's going to tell everybody he knows. So, uh, you know, I, I would think if it's somebody that the Jaguars crave, then they're willing to, sh- to give some of their plan away. If it's somebody that, uh, you know, they're, 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 they like, but – is more of a plan B guy, they're probably not giving any of the strategic information out. Yeah, I would think the same thing. I wonder what goes through, if Josh Allen doesn't get a long-term deal, let's say he has franchise tag, what goes through Trayvon Walker's head? Like, oh, I, I'm, I'm not going to be here for long if, if they're not going to tag that guy. I mean, yeah, if they're not yeah. going to sign that guy. Yeah, I, you're right. I and, and here's the other thing. I, I, I think a team that's right now got probably some, I don't know, some emotional scarring because of how the way it ended and, and the things that are always said when stuff ends badly, I would think there's an, um, there, it hits a lot of people hard. Listen, Josh Allen, when he had 17 sacks, you, that just doesn't happen. No one in the history of the franchise has ever done that. Beyond that, you know how everyone knows how respected he was. When they were the, the, the rumble the other day, he was the king of the group. You know, it was, it was, it was Caleb Von Chase on and Trayvon Walker and, and who was the foyer looking? And, and foyer there, but the king, the king of the room was was Josh Allen. He's respected in that locker room. You know, he's an interesting guy. He's not pound the pulpit leader guy. That's not who he is. He's not rah rah guy. He, that's that's not he. 
he had been a captain in the past. He probably that that probably doesn't fit him. But he's such a well-respected, good dude, hard-working, great person. But yeah, Hayes, I would think not signing if they don't. And I think they're going to get a deal done with him somehow, some way. He's going to be on the team. Like I said, you could tag him if you had to. But I would think not getting that deal done would have an effect on the players in a lot of negative ways. It would be catastrophic if they don't get this deal done with Josh Allen. It would be negligent. Uh, it, it, you just can't do it. You can't operate a business this way and expect your employees to have a modicum of respect for you. The guy just gave you 17 and a half sacks, and he doesn't turn 27 years old until July. So you're, you're paying him for years 27, 28, and 29. And then, you know, if, it, if you're unhappy at that point, it's very, it'll be very easy to get out from under the deal at that point. Uh, why would you not invest in Josh Allen? I, it just, it, if, I mean, it's, to me, it's one of those moves that if, if they tag him, it just shows why this franchise perennially struggles. It, it, it's, that will be exhibit A of why the Jaguars are a team that doesn't win at the highest level. Do you think there is a second in the world? If, if Josh Allen played for the Baltimore Ravens, do you think there is a chance in the world they would apply the tag here to him? They wouldn't. They would pay him. So would every other club that is committed to winning. I mean, the Jaguars have to get beyond this whole, well, something bad. I mean, you can't do that. The guy has proven that he is an elite player at this level. His production is elite. And he's not 32. He is going to be 27. I just, there, to me, there is no case that they could make in terms of why they should not do a deal and use the franchise tag on him. You cannot make the case to me and, and, and have any credibility at all, and, unless you're just bad at your job. I mean, that's it. And, and I mean, that, that's, there, to me, there's, there's no way to defend not signing him to a lucrative extension. Calais Campbell had 14 and a half sacks in 2017, and we all know the reasons for that. Yes, Calais was a, a great edge, but there were other guys contributing, and there was a really good interior pass rush. Did Josh Allen benefit from a really good interior boy, pass rush boy. this season to get his 17 and a half? Absolutely not. And that's a really good point because Devon Hamilton, who would have been a good interior pass rusher, was never himself. Speaking of the, of the interviews now, what we know now that by the end of this week, they will, if all the reports are correct, they will have interviewed Shane Bowen, Wink Martindale, Ryan Nielsen, and Marquand Manuel. Now, what they've proven in recent years, including when Doug Peterson got hired, Hayes, is that they will not be in a hurry and that they will cast a wide net here. But that's a pretty good start. That's, that's four guys by the end of this week. Yeah, it, it is a good start. And, you know, it's, it's, it's good also in a sense that when you're the team doing the interviews – you know, we talked about the information that the club gives the, you know, subject of the interview. Well, that works both ways. And anytime you have a job opening, it is smart to bring in five or six guys and do a little bit of brain drain. Even if it's a candidate that you don't really believe is going to be your guy, talk to them. You know, talk to them about what was working at their club, what it wasn't working. You know, ask them about personnel. Uh, you know, guys that they have coached under, guys around the league and, and what they think. I mean, you owe it to yourself to get as much knowledge and intelligence in this operation as you can. So I would 
absolutely cast a wide net. I, I think it's smart in doing so. And, uh, and again, the, the league is changing. Offenses are changing. And, and you want to make sure you're on the cutting edge of that. So you'd like to think you can find uh, a veteran savvy, somebody with some head coaching experience that also is recognizing where the league is going. But if not, then you may go younger and say this is somebody that understands where offense is going in the next two or three years in this league. And, and there isn't going to be the resistance. There isn't, we're not going to be behind schematically because this person knows where, where the league is headed. So it, it's all a good mix. And, and yeah, I, I don't think they're under really any time constraint uh, and, and won't be, I think, for a while. And, again, it, it gets back to the – if you have seven jobs open, I mean, that just stands to reason there's going to be guys left at the altar that don't get these jobs. Right. And then they're going to be looking at – well, I just need I need a spot somewhere. You know, the Jaguars defensive coordinator job is a good job because right, everyone brilliant. knows that Doug is a offensive guy. So if you produce a top defense for the Jaguars, you're going to get all the credit for that. Doug Peterson's not going to get any credit for it, and uh, and he's not going to seek out any credit for it. And and you do have I think some good pieces here defensively to build around. So uh, and this isn't a team that's you know, strapped in terms of salary cap. It's not a team that's given away four of its premium picks over the next two years. I mean, chances are you have a good a good chance of, of getting some help in addition to the pieces that are here. So I I, I think it's uh, – I, I don't know that it's the, the, you know, the top defensive coordinator job available, but it's a really, really good one. The, uh, the five people that reportedly have or will interview, Shane Bowen, the Titans defensive coordinator, Chris Harris, the Titans passing game coordinator. Wink Martindale, most recently of the Giants. Ryan Nielsen, the Falcons defensive coordinator. Marquand Manuel, most recently with the Seahawks. Though All five of those names we have heard either interviewed or are going to interview. Other names we heard mentioned, Joe Cullen, the former coordinator here, who's the defensive line coach in Kansas City. Leslie Frazier, the longtime coordinator who used to be with the Buffalo Bills. So that's one, two, three, four, five names that we know, if we believe the reports, have or will interview two other names we've heard out there. That's seven names now. That that's a that that's that's a pretty wide net. That's uh that's certainly guys uh, that have been coordinators, guys that most of these guys have been coordinators at least in some capacity, if not defensive coordinators, passing game or running game coordinators. So we'll see. Once again, Bowen, Martindale, Nielsen, uh, Marco Emanuel, and Chris Harris have or will interviewed for the job. Cullen and Frazier, two names we heard could be in the mix. We'll keep an eye on all of those. Let's talk some college hoops after this. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an AC Designs Wednesday on The Frangie Show, brought to you by AC Designs, voted best AC and heating company in Jacksonville. Designs Wednesday here on the Frangie Show as we jam out some Beach Boys thanks to RJ Saunders. Frank Frangie is here. Hey, Carline. I am Lauren Brooks. Well, if you're a Gators fan, watching that Florida-Tennessee basketball game yesterday was not fun, fun, fun. Gators cut the lead to 10 in the second half. 
I was still here on air, and I thought, okay, well, maybe, just maybe they've got something in the second half, and then pretty much right away, Tennessee brought the lead right back to 20. Well, uh, Tennessee, I think, is really good. And they're a miserable matchup for Florida because they're physical, and the one thing Florida has is they're more physical inside than other teams, and they're longer and tough inside, and they had no chance inside against Tennessee, who's the most physical team. What I did not realize, Carline, is that Larry Bird was back in college and playing in the SEC. That guy, I mean, and maybe I don't follow college basketball like I'm supposed to. Who in the world knew Dalton Connect? I'm not kidding. He's Larry Bird. I mean, he's he scored 37 and 39 in his last two games. And he was great the game before that. He scored 103 points in his last three outings. 103 points. And if you, folks, if you didn't watch, he's 6'6". He, he got great range on his three. He's strong as heck. He dunks. He, I mean, I was, I, I'd never heard of the guy. Yeah. I mean, well, he was at Northern Colorado. He was at two, year, two years at a JUCO in Colorado. Yeah. Then transferred to Northern Colorado. Averaged 20 a game there last year, but who would have thought that would translate? Because, I mean, he's going to – he's averaging like 18 and a half now for Tennessee, but if this keeps up, I mean, he's going he's gonna to be an All-American. And what the announcers were saying last night is correct, and that is um, he's – Rick Barnes' teams are always big, tough, physical. I mean, they, they, that's how they play. They're always in your face and you're physical and a lot of fouls and a lot of free throws, a lot of block shots, but they never have a score. If they now have a legitimate score, that's a Final Four team. I, I really believe that. Certainly could be. I mean, although this is a man that had Kevin Durant and didn't get there. So, yeah, no, um, you're right. Yeah, that was a long time ago, but uh, he does have a, a reputation for not being the best uh, when it matters most in terms of Barnes, but I. Uh, but I, Tennessee is very good, and and certainly they, you know, if they they could make a a deep run in the NCAA tournament. For me, the story is is Florida and offensively singing their praises, and then they put up just an absolute horrific performance, where it's seven assists and eleven turnovers. I mean, forget even how poorly they shot the ball, which we'll get to, but. Seven assists and eleven turns. You have no chance. I mean, just no chance. If if that's what your offense is going to produce, and then of course they shot below thirty percent from the field to further doom it. It's amazing they didn't lose this game by forty five points. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's that's what's so I think really disappointing about it is, you know, if Florida's offense has to show up. That's how they're built, uh, and. It now feels more smoke and mirrors because they finally went up against an elite team, an elite defense, and on the road, and they completely – I mean, there was nothing redeemable offensively about yesterday's game for Florida. And the funny part is, right when the game started, they told us, the announcers told us, that this is the best offense Tennessee has faced to this point in the season. And it's like, well, actually, yes, they do at times – uh, or average high scoring, but they can go through droughts like nobody's business, which we talked about under Mike White. It still can happen under Todd Golden. I don't think it's a coach thing necessarily. I think it's just the way the team is constructed. And if Zion Pollen doesn't have what it takes in a certain game, yeah, it's not going to go according to plan. They they were so high on Alex Condon, and it's like, he's just a role player. This team is not going to survive if he's uh, the one that they're relying on to do everything. They uh, um, they If they don't beat Missouri – and I, and I watched Missouri-Alabama last night. Missouri's not very good, but they're feisty. They're, they're tough and feisty under Dennis Gates, the former FSU assistant. 
if they uh, I think he went to Cleveland State, right? And then when he went yes. to FSU, Cleveland State. Then, but but he was at FSU once upon a time, and then now he's at uh, Missouri. They're one and four. Season, you don't come back from one and four. It's you know kind I mean? of a must win. That's Saturday. as must win I mean, as it could be. Yeah. But but and I got thinking. All right, so let me ask you this: lose. They really need to win the next three. Okay. Lo- right, right. They've got winnable games. Um, lose- no, is at Texas A and M winnable for this team? Well, that's not in the next three. The next three are at Missouri. Home against Mississippi State. Oh, yeah, I was looking at Missouri's schedule. That's why. And then uh, home against Georgia. Yeah. And none of those three are gimmies. Right, right, right. But if they want to be a team of consequence, they've got to win all three of those games and get to four and three in league play. Yeah. The uh, and and so so all right. Lose to Missouri. They're done. Finish eighteen and twelve, and host LaSalle as the four seed in the NIT. Is he on the hot seat? Uh, I don't know about hot seat. I mean, to me, the programs are much different in terms of expectation. So well, to, obviously they are. Yeah. So to me, the Florida basketball coach should absolutely get four years, and assuming he's not, uh, there's no scandal or off the court personality issue, which it doesn't appear like there's any of that with Todd Golden. So if it's strictly the performance, the wins and losses, to me, the Florida basketball job, you've got to give the guy four years. Because it's just not a great job. It's a good job, but it's not Florida football, which is Florida football. You think you should be able to show up and compete, certainly by year two. So I don't think he's on the hot seat. Uh, if they don't make the NCAA tournament uh, this year, I, I don't think he's in any danger of getting fired. But obviously, it, that leaves you probably two swings left where you, you got you to – I mean, if he doesn't make the NCAA tournament after his third year – Absolutely, he's on a I think a scorching hot seat in year four, where it's NCAA tournament or you're fired. I would go at it two different ways. One, do Florida fans care enough about basketball to have Todd Golden on a hot seat right now? I don't know that the answer is yes. The other way I'd go is, I think Gator fans aren't going to get that upset about it right now because they're so focused on the fact that if Billy Napier doesn't succeed, the athletic director, Scott Strickland's out and that person's absolutely going to hire his own men's basketball coach. If Todd Golden's not making the tournament often enough. So I think that's the, the bigger or big picture idea for them. Let me tell you the thing you both left out. Gator fan, Gator Twitter, Swamp Lizard 34 hated Mike White so much that the next guy's going to get time because the Mike White haters will never admit that the guy that replaced Mike White isn't better. And so, and maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But I think there was never Dan Mullen hate like there was Mike White hate. Now, at the end, Doug, Dan Mullen didn't seem very invested, and I think people wanted to change. But there was never, for whatever reason, the Mike White hate was decibels louder than, than some of the loudest we've ever heard in games. Mike White replaced the legend, yeah, which yeah, we've yeah. talked about. That's right. That's exactly you know, right. Good, it, Very good point. Very good point. That, that's why. And so, but I'll, I'll say it again. Maybe they're no good. Maybe it's just a weak schedule. But Georgia's 13-4 and four and 3-1 and one in the league. Their only loss in the league was a narrow six-point loss to that same Tennessee team that they led the whole game. Mm-hmm. Now, again, in fairness, that game was in Athens. Yep. And Florida had to play in Knoxville, and it was snowing, and it was, you know, so. I think that's the game when I learned how good Dalton Connect is. Yeah, yeah but, 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 I, but it was, it was Georgia's 13-4, and 3-1 and one in the league. Now, now, we'll see how good they are in the league because they're about to go to Kentucky. Then they got to play LSU. Then they go to Florida, and I don't. I think Florida's better than Georgia. Having watched, I watched that game last night. Um, Georgia, I watched some of the Georgia South Carolina game last night. But but I, I just and by the way, you know how I feel. 
I absolutely think Todd Golden should get four years. I, I think I think coaches should get four years. But all the points we all made are correct. The point you made, Lauren, is that people are still so they're so busy being mad at Billy Napier, they don't have time to be mad at Todd Golden too. And that's usually how it happens, by the way. Well, and I think they believe that a new AD will make a change quicker than maybe the current AD would if that's what ends up happening. By the way, did you see all the rumors that Scott Strickland to A and M? Did you see all that? And where where Scott came Scott, out, I wish you the best. Yeah, where Scott came out and said A and M, I can endorse his yeah, hire yeah, more yeah, thoroughly. Yeah, and by the way, in fairness to Scott, he's not the one saying it. I mean, he came out and said, you know, I mean, because so, Ross Bjork, the Texas A and M athletic director, was hired by Ohio State. Yeah, so but I mean, but it's interesting, isn't it, that that all of a sudden uh, that that story got out there. So anyway, that um, would be honestly fantastic for all parties. So you think Scott Strickland needs to go? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not there. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready to fire the athletic director. I mean, I, again, I mean, I think that it's going to end up there. Yeah. I mean, the the jury is still out on Napier and Golden. So, I mean, yeah, it's but. So your point's a fair one. Like, yeah, you know, it is the is the final verdict in. Probably not, but yeah. I feel like they've got the the motive and the murder weapon. Yeah, yeah, we'll, 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 yeah, we'll see. I, I, we'll see. I, I think Scott again, whether or not the, the AD gets again. If we're judging on our ADs because the football coach is no good, the basketball coach is no good, let's fire him. But we'll, we'll see. That we're, we're a long way away from that. But Gator Twitter wants him out because the Gator Twitter belongs to FFA. Firing fixes I, all. I do think if he's legitimately offered the job, yeah. Scott Strickland should take it. Yeah. Because, because he really could be a year away from losing that job. Yeah. So if you can get to a program like Texas A&M with all the money and resources yeah. – then it's probably makes sense. He he would be kind of pulling a Mike White card, which makes sense. Yeah. Get out before they yeah. fire you. Yeah, M- Mike White, by the way, did the right thing. Gator fans didn't want him. Screw it, I'll go somewhere else. You know, neither one of them are particularly good programs. They're both yeah, they're both football schools. With Mike White, he went to what I think is a much worse program than the one he was at. Whereas Scott Strickland, I think the drop off from Florida to Texas A and M is A D. Yeah. Is not right. I mean in some areas it's probably even better, More but it's certainly not think. More it's money. certainly not a drop off. More money. By the way, bigger news. Bigger news than all this football, basketball stuff. Big Mountain. The word oh, that's who sings Big the song. Big Mountain. Have you heard of Big Mountain? No. Have you heard of Big Mountain? It, they're like reggae, right? I don't know what they are, but how does Big Mountain do my Peter Frampton, Frampton song? When I Googled it, I saw Big Mountain, but I Big didn't, Mountain. I didn't see a female, and I was confused. Big Mountain. So that's I, I got to deal with them. Big Mountain. By the way, was this, it reggae? Was it well, a reggae version? I've no, I, I don't know. Was but it definitely a female? It's definitely female. Okay. But, here, but here's what happened. I'm on the cutting edge, realizing Big Mountain just recorded this in '94. <laughs> <laughs> How maybe did I miss the Big Mountain maybe redo? That's why my it's Google 30 years old. Okay. Didn't work because <laughs> I put in "Baby I Love Your Way" recent cover. <laughs> Big Mountain in '94 <laughs> is when they did it. Okay. Oh. Well, the song came out in '76, Carline, yeah. and the song was played at the goddamn Ramada. Okay, <laughs> so I don't have time for Big Mountain to do it again 20 years later. That's what I don't have time for. Hour three is next. Stay with us. The Frangie Show live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Here, that means it's time for more football. Football. Football at 5. 5 o'clock somewhere. On the Frangie Show. Shadows go so long before my eyes. And they're moving across the page. Suddenly the day turns 
that be, RJ? Is this not the original singer? I'm sorry? Is this not the original singer? This would be Peter Frampton. But what we have learned... Lauren, do you want to break the news, everybody? Sure, a band that none of us have ever heard of. Will to Power. They're the ones that covered Baby I Love Your Way. So, first of all... I thought, let me... The recent one. Let me, I don't, they don't look recent. Yeah, let me Reggae apologize. Legends, Big Mountain yeah, did first it in of all, the 90s. I want to apologize to Big Mountain for <laughs> slandering them. And then I realized they did they did do it, so I repeat my slander. <laughs> this one's them. from 19... Or not this one. This is yeah. the Frampton one. Will yeah. to Power is from 1988. Oh, wow. Okay, now wait a minute. Now, hang on a second. You're telling me Frampton made it, did this legendary song in 76. Will to Power did the first cover yeah. in 88. Like one of the covers. I don't know if they were big enough to do the first. And Will to Power, after after recording 38 Grammys, <laughs> then passed it off to Big Freaking Mountain, yeah. the legend who put Bob Marley to shame <laughs> with their 58 Grammys. That's what I'm dealing with. It is. And then, I, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but Smashing Pumpkins does an <laughs> excellent version of this song. <laughs> That's the one I need. Oh, all right. Well done, RJ. That, that's Frampton, by the way. That's the real thing. All right. You guys don't love Frampton. Who doesn't love Frampton? I will say this. Frampton appeared in uh, one of the, uh, I think, Geico commercials a few years ago. Like okay. Three or four years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Remember them? And I had not seen Frampton since, uh, like, the 70s. Mm-hmm. He looked exactly like what I would imagine Peter Frampton's grandfather looked like. Yeah. He looked so old. I, yeah. mean, I mean, I guess because he, he was old. He was still, like, thin, though, in the commercial. Yeah, he was, he thin. was Remember thin. Remember how yeah. old he looked like? Yeah. He looked like somebody's grandfather. Yeah. I mean, Peter Frampton, like, was the man in the 70s. Now he's like he's everybody's grandfather. I feel grandfather. like when you're known for your hair like yeah. that, it, yeah. then as you, tr- you know, get a little bit older, because he's 73 now, the hair's gone. Is that how old he is so, now? Yeah, he's 73, 73 now. Yeah. Father time. The, uh, <laughs> undefeated. Undefeated. Right. In the... Uh, yeah, and to that end, um, Peter Frampton also was the star of possibly the worst movie ever recorded, Sergeant Pepper's. Oh, that's right. Remember the Sar- they did the Sergeant Pepper movie that they, the Bee Gees ran and Aerosmith was in. Mm-hmm. It was a, one of the biggest flops of all time. One of the worst movies of all time. Yeah. It, it, it damaged the, the remembrance of the of the of the of the record. So there's that. Okay, uh, Peter Frampton probably got more time on this show than he's had in a long time. <laughs> this is probably this is probably a big show for Peter. Has he done Old Rock Thursday? Does he have enough stuff to do it? I think so. Okay. He certainly he certainly has enough stuff to do a football season old rock <laughs> That's Thursday. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> whether or not he whether or not he can do an old rock Thursday, we'll have to we'll have to take a peek. Uh, you know what? There's a chance I take a peek for before tomorrow. See what winds up happening. I just looked. I think I only know three of the songs, but that doesn't mean anything. And by the way, tomorrow we'll be at Ju. Yeah, looking forward to it. Ju Ju tomorrow night plays Queens College. Uh, we saw Ju on the road against UNF. Uh, it's our first time to the Riverhouse. We're looking forward to watching Ju play basketball. And before that, uh, hopefully. Uh, uh, Jordan Minshew will stop by. We know Alex Rickard Gilbert's going to stop by. We certainly are excited about that. Talking some JU, uh, JU uh, basketball tomorrow. So I'm certainly looking forward to that. Right. By the way, one of my cousins played softball at Queens before wow. joined the A Sun. How about that? Yeah, Queens, good school, good school. So they are they are in the uh, the A Sun right now. All right, question: If Josh Allen wins and goes on and wins it all, Hayes, where where is he now on the pantheon of these great quarterbacks? Because he's been. Drafted very high, looked like a flop early on, despite having all the skills and the goods. Six five, two thirty, racket arm, great athlete, maybe the best runner still playing of all of them, other than Lamar. If he, if if they win the whole thing, 
Where is he now on the list of great NFL players? If you, if you see the list that comes out of the great NFL players, where is he then? Two behind Mahomes. Probably I mean, I would is. think that's where it would put him. I mean, particularly if he's the reason. I mean, obviously he was brilliant against Pittsburgh. I And if he does that again, if he outplays Mahomes and, and gets a win Sunday and then is able to beat, I'm assuming it would be a road game at Baltimore. I mean, to beat that defense – that would say a lot about Josh Allen and his legacy, and and then obviously to win a Super Bowl against the 49ers in all probability is who he would see. So, I mean, to have that kind of a run where you have the great surge just to get in and save your season and then to beat Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Baltimore, San Fran, yeah, I think he'd probably be I – think, I think most people would say he's the second-best player in the league behind Mahomes. Yeah, I tend to agree. And by the way, when you think about it now, so the quarterback's still playing football with Super Bowl rings. You've got Joe Flacco, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, besides obviously Patrick Mahomes, well, and Flacco's Russell Wilson. Well, Flacco's not playing. Oh, you mean still active. Like, a- still active, active as far not, as like, in the, the NFL. Yeah, okay. So Who are they again? Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, Flacco, and Aaron Rodgers. Okay. So he's ahead of all of them. Did Mahomes have a ring? No, that's what I'm saying. After Mahomes. Oh, after Mahomes Mah- has okay. multiple. Those are the only ones. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, yeah. Well, and again, part of that is what we discussed yesterday, this changing of the guard. There's no quarter of the final eight teams standing. There's no quarterback that's 30. That, that, so so we, this, is, this is truly a changing of the guard. And, um, I mean, I, the, I don't think we've seen the last of this group. You know Mahomes and Josh Allen, you haven't. Uh, you know how I feel about Lamar, you haven't. Brock Purdy, because of how good the team is, he's not going anywhere. Uh, Jordan Love, gosh, he looks the part, doesn't he? I mean, he came out of nowhere, but doesn't he look – don't you feel that way? Yeah, I mean – Goff's the one I'm not sure about. Hard to scoff at 30-something touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, uh, so I, I think this new wave – but, boy, Josh Allen, he's so fast. Dude, the touchdown run, we were watching the other night, you and I, the, the, the touchdown run – Golly, I mean, that thing was, I mean, he's a good athlete. If the Texans beat the Ravens, how high up everyone's list will C.J. Stroud be? Even though it, the, the wins and losses should not be a quarter, or attributed to quarterbacks solely. But if somehow, someway, the Texans win and C.J. Stroud has a great game, which is how they would probably win, I feel like he's yeah. going to surpass a lot of these quarterbacks. I agree with you. I agree. You know, you're, you're, you know what? If, if they win this weekend, if he beats Lamar Jackson, and it's C.J. Stroud and Patrick Mahomes, that will be all the talk. That You talk about the pregame. By the way, whichever two quarterbacks win, because they're all four such marquee names, mm-hmm. whichever four, two quarterbacks win in the AFC, that will be – how many times are you going to see those guys on promos? You're going to see – but you're right, Lauren. If it's C.J. Stroud versus Mahomes, uh, the old and the new, even though the old's still in his 20s, won't that be what they're saying? There's no doubt about it. The AFC is almost – foolproof Mm -hmm. in that whichever result it gets this weekend the AFC championship game is going to be a blockbuster uh no I mean there's just there's no there's no bad game the NFC I think that could exist uh but uh I mean everybody's gonna watch because it's for the right to go to the Super Bowl but in terms of like the sizzle of the game I you know it's it's uh it's lacking but I mean in the AFC I mean yeah if CJ Stroud beats the Ravens and whoever, whether it's Stroud versus Allen or Stroud versus Mahomes, I mean, it will be billed as the next superstar meeting, uh, you know, one of the league's brightest stars currently. Frank, you just had a sentence that Brock Purdy and the really good team around him, if the 49ers win the Super Bowl, will we finally stop 
calling him a game manager and all that, or will it always be like that because of the talent? That's on a the great team? question. I think uh, number one it depends on how they do it. Remember now, he plays about the way Montana plays. I, I can tell you this: in the '80s, when Montana and you'll remember this, A's in the '80s, Montana was not looked at as the talent that Marino and Elway were. Remember that? Yeah. Everyone thought Marino and Elway were the two far more talented guys, and Montana was the game manager until he kept winning the damn thing. You win the damn thing enough, then all of a sudden people change their thinking on that. But he, but Prisco and I argued. Prisco and I working at the Times Union, we argued about that all the time. Montana Marino, Montana Marino. We back and forth and back. In fact, I'll ask Pete about that this week. And I, I was a Montana guy, and he was a Marino guy. Because look at look at the release. I said, Pete, what matters is did you win? And Marino never won one, and Montana won a bunch of them. So, to your question, if you get one, that changes. If you get one, that if you get two, or if you yeah, stay, then the conversation's you, over. Right, I, I think that, but but no, I, I think uh, I, I saw a story that Purdy's kind of fueled by everyone, pretty much saying that it's less him and it's more the, the right. team and the scheme yeah, and all as, that. Yeah, as he should be. Well, he's still more old school Montana, Unitas, Bob Greasy, Staubach. Thinking man's quarterback does it with his brain because he doesn't have all the athletic ability. And by the way, these other these other seven guys still playing are pretty damn smart too. But nobody talks about that. You know why? Because they're such good athletes. Because Josh Allen just outran the whole freaking Steelers secondary. So people talk about that more than his good decision making. See, you can be really talented and have a rifle arm and be really athletic and still be smart too. But nobody talks about how smart you are because they're talking about all the other stuff. That's that's what happens. I feel like Stroud is more like Purdy, like than he is certainly Lamar or Josh he's Allen. He's not as good a runner as Lamar or and Josh he's, Allen. And he probably is smart to not yeah. choose. He probably could choose to run at times, yeah. but he's so good at keeping his eyes downfield that he trusts you know his ability to do that. I told you all this before last year's draft. He's Joe Burrow. That's who he is. Don't you? That's the comp for me. And I and I said that last year. The comp for me is he's Joe Burrow. He looks a um, dead ringer. I mean, he's he's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. So uh, by the way, we talk about Caleb Williams and the comps, whether he goes one overall or not. But the comps are to Patrick Mahomes, and and I think it's more to Jalen Hurts. I feel like if that's what NFL teams think, then their minds might have changed a little bit over the last season as far as what they would want from Caleb Williams. Well, one thing that's happening, it's still that whole thing's still evolving. You know that 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 whole. What you want out of your quarterback is still changing and evolving a little. I, I can still feel it doing that, so, so we'll see. It's going to be a fun weekend, no question about it. Hey, we come back. Take a break. Um, something about youth football, believe it or not. I'm going to throw it out there. Stay with us. 1010-92.5. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's an AC Designs Wednesday on The Frangie Show, brought to you by AC Designs, voted best AC and heating company in Jacksonville. Okay, who are our two bands again? Wild Big Mountain Wild and Kingdom. Will to Power. Wild Kingdom and <laughs> Mountain Mike, who are they? Something like that, right? Okay. So Wild, Smashing Pumpkins. Wild Kingdom, Man Mountain Mike, and Smashing Pumpkins have all covered. Okay, I'm just checking. Um, so I saw a story today that got my interest, a serious story. Um, Gavin Newsom, the co- the governor of California, obviously in the news a lot, he nixed a ban on tackle football under 12. Did you see the story? I did. And and, I, and I'm glad he nixed it. The, the bigger story to me is that it was in play. 
What do you think about that? What do you think about no kids? And, and, and I know we're not experts or specialists, yeah. and a neurologist could probably answer this question better than we can, but we, we are paid to talk about stuff like this. What did you think about the fact that there's conversation about not letting children play tackle football until they're 12? I think it's a total joke. I mean, I think it's – this is a free country, and if you want your kid to play tackle football, if, if, the, if the kid wants to play tackle football, they should be able to play tackle football. I mean, it's again at that age, the impacts are not gargantuan anyway, uh, and so yeah, I I think a parent should be able to decide. Yes, I want my kid to participate in this, or no, I don't. I don't think it should just be a hard and fast. Nope, you just can't do it until they're twelve. So uh, I I you know I I think the whole idea was uh, ill founded. If they have data that shows, and I'm sure there's organizations that are working on this uh, and have worked on this that shows after 12, your risk decreases of long-term brain damage. Before 12, your risk is higher because your brain is still forming. And I have no idea. I'm just throwing that out there. Then I can certainly understand that flag football until that age makes sense. And then after that, your your kid is safer. But I don't, again, I don't know have enough information and research for that. But I do think that tackle football for maybe age 7 and 8 might be a little too young. I don't know enough about the data either. Here'd be my biggest concern is if you never tackle until you're 13, are you maybe more in risk of not knowing how to do it because you didn't learn it at a formative age and therefore you could really get hurt? I'm not talking about concussions. I'm talking about spinal injuries, keeping your head up when you tackle all the things that youth players do learn at Pop Warner and whatever. Are you, my, my biggest question, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they turned it down. But my, I can tell you this, baseball, golf, some of the specialty sports, the hand-eye coordination sports, if you don't play them until you're 12, you got no chance. I, I, I hate to say that, but if you, if you don't play golf until you're 12 or 13, it's unlikely you're going to be a very good golfer. Same with baseball players. As much as, one of the reasons we started walk-off is we're trying to give children a chance to play baseball when they're 7, 8, 9 years old or 4, 5, and 6 years old. Then if they ever care to play, they can, they're not so far behind isn't wouldn't that be a danger that if you don't if you never tackle if you never tackle somebody until you are 13 years old that you won't know how to do it properly? Yes. But potentially that doesn't mean that doesn't mean there's not football players out there that didn't come over from basketball or whatever when they're 14, 15. I know that. But I still think they're a little bit at risk. They are absolutely at risk. Again, this is I'm sure this was some academic that put this forward and I uh, you know, it's just, again, probably because they saw a, a clip of an NFL game and said, wow, this this is way too violent. Our kids shouldn't be doing this. It, it's the impacts at that level are not going to cause brain injuries. I mean, it's just, and again, it's it's a parent's choice, you know. I mean, my son didn't play tackle football before that age because I just, I didn't want him to do it. Right. I mean, and he didn't show a, a great interest in doing it. Now he, he wants to play tackle football, and I allow it. And, and his mother allows it. But it was it. your choice. It was your yeah. parents' choice. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I would have hated to of him wanted to do it and us want to do it and be told by the government, no, you can't. You're not allowed to do that. So I, 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 th- I think it's, again, I think it's silly that it was even – brought to be vetoed um but uh you know it's just again it's it, it should be something that a parent is able to decide and go from there i wonder if we'll see less talented 
defensive football players coming out of California because they have already regulated in the state that you can only have two contact practices a week. That that has already been implemented since 2021. So are these players going to be not as good at tackling and then therefore you see eventually like schools not recruiting defensive you know, players from the state of California? You know, it's funny. Uh, Mark Thorson, who's a, just a fantastic football coach and a fantastic guy. Was he the football coach when you were there? Kenny, no, probably not. But I don't he, think so. Mark Thorson was a long time foot, one, just a wonderful guy, long time football coach at Bishop Kenny. You probably know Mark. You probably, oh yeah. Him. And now, and then he went on. Now he's, I think he's the AD. I think it's fantastic. And Mark, Mark's one of the genuinely good people out there. But he was a fantastic football coach at Bishop Kenny, and he told me that, and Kenny, and he made him good. But he made him good because they 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 would throw the football. And I said, how do you? Because a lot of the kids Kenny got had never played tackle football till the ninth grade. And I said, is it hard? He said, it is hard. He said, because they've got to learn about the contact. They've got to learn whether or not they like or want the contact. And he said, Frank, we've had to survive. He said, you know what we get at Kenny? A lot of baseball players. Because base- Kenny's got this great baseball program. So we get a lot of baseball players at Kenny, he said, and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of hand-eye coordinated athletes. He said, so we had to become a passing team because that's what these guys, that's what these guys get to school knowing how to do. But the fact that they won in the Johnny Wolford years as much as they did Without that, it is really a, a tribute to coaching because those kids had to learn how to tackle. So it's an, it's an interesting story for me, and I and I um, I'm a big believer, and, and I also think this too. You learn you learn safety. You know, I mean, the most important thing. And again, I'm so I'm I'm way more baseball. I was raised on baseball and taught baseball, uh, taught baseball had baseball taught to me, and then I taught baseball at many levels. So I know it far more than I do football. So I'm talking way out of turn here because I wasn't a football guy. But I've got to believe if we had Jeff Lagerman or Tony Baselli or Bucky Brooks or one of these football people that I respect so much in here, Shane Matthews, they would tell you the most important thing a football player can learn when he's whenever Pop Warner starts, seven, eight, nine, whatever, is how to protect yourself, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's got to be first. And you say it's first in every sport. Well, it's not. It's not first in tennis or golf. It's probably not first in baseball. But 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 in football, it's you know. You've watched boxing. I used to be way into boxing and try to box. And what's the first? What's the first thing the the referee tells you when he meets with two boxers? What's the first thing the referee says? Protect yourself at all times. Right? I mean, you you've heard you've heard the Mills Lane be mic'd up, right? Mm-hmm. The guy puts the mic around in. It's protect yourself at all times. Well, if you're in a combat sport, protecting yourself is the most important thing. Well, I got to believe in football. Learning to protect yourself is the most important thing, and it's harder to do that. If there's no contact to your 13 years old, I guess that's the point. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it, I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, it's a, it's a good, you know, counter argument to it as well. Is uh, the kids need to learn how to do it, and it's better for them to learn how to do it when the impacts aren't going to be as great, as opposed to when they are 13, 14, and and now you've introduced weightlifting, uh, and so the kids are going to be bigger, and there will be more velocity behind impact. And, and so, yeah, I mean, the, the learning process is a big part of it, too. I, I was really glad to see that this didn't happen uh, and for, for numerous reasons. But I, and so I'm hopeful that it, it, this doesn't – I don't think it will because that state tends to be a little bit more <laughs> trying to set trends, I guess mm-hmm. we'll say, anyway – but so I don't anticipate that this will move elsewhere around the country. But I was glad that this got denied because I think it's preposterous. Did they ever teach tackling in football haze without helmets? 
Like, is, is there form tackling that they show before the helmets ever go on? Not that I can remember. Okay. That, that, that's a good question that yeah. I don't know the answer to. I, I see what, yeah, that's a great question. I, I, I don't know. Like obviously, figure. there's not tackling in flag football, but can you teach right. a kid without a helmet well, on how to tackle? Flag football has none of that. Correct. No, flag football has none of that. But you're saying is there is there some paradigm out there where there's no contact, but you learn the fundamentals? Of, I don't know. You could teach the fundamentals of where your head placement and things like that. I mean, you, you wouldn't necessarily have to. You could show somebody it without having helmet and pads on. But to execute it, you know, to practice it, you would want to have the gear on. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. All right, second break. We can come back. Uh, Lauren's going to wrap the program on news and notes. That's after this. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show news and notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. Now, this song is a cover. This song is a cover? Right? Isn't this Rascal Flatts? No, I think this is the original guy, right? RJ, hang on, settle us. Let it go. Let it go. Life's the Highway? Yeah, yeah, so if this is the original, then Rascal yeah. Flatts covered this. This is this Rascal Flatts. No, this is the original one, right? <laughs> What's this guy's name? Tom something. I thought, I thought Rascal Flatts. Oh, this maybe is Rascal This is Rascal yeah, yeah, Flatts. Yeah, yeah. Now that I hear the playing. But I forget who did the original. Tom Cochran, is that right? Cochran, I think. Okay. Yeah. Before I Google it, that's And I think, I, I, I think his is the original, and this is the cover. Rascal Flatts is definitely Okay. That's yeah. I, I knew immediately that I was questioned, so yes. for now. I was wrong. <laughs> did you just drop country knowledge? I dropped nothing. I mean, I mean, did, did that certainly happen? not country did, knowledge. You, no, I think you did. You dropped country knowledge. You know, you knew a country song. This isn't a country song. In Rascal Flatts Country? Yeah. But this, the original I know the Tom Cochran, the uh, Tom Cochran song. song. Yeah. So now I'm like you. I'm angry there's a cover <laughs> of this song. <laughs> you know what? I feel yeah. better knowing yeah. that. That was... Okay. Sorry, I'm going to restart the segment. So this is a cover. Do you like this cover? Yeah. I do not. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but you didn't have Large Wild Mountain doing yours or whoever it was. Whoever decided who did one of those things. I, I will give them this. They basically, it's the same exact song. It is. Like, there's no variation no. at all. It's right. like. So a cover is better when they're exactly the same or when someone completely screws it up. <laughs> Like Dixie Chicks and smashing whoever tomatoes on 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 landslide, which is wetter. I think if you're gonna do a cover, I think change it's, it. I think it's better if you can change it Probably at is. least slightly to offer some new creative wrinkle to it. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on the song. But, yeah, but see, but see, I, I can tell you, yeah, I just don't like covers. See, see we, like a Zach Brown concert. Brooks loves the con- the covers, and you're wrong, by the way, because they shouldn't play them. But they should play their own their own stuff. So I don't like it even when a band. I don't want to. I, I didn't go to see Zach Brown play Marshall Tucker Band. I want to see Zach Brown play Zach Brown stuff. So there. How I feel? I'll be wrong. So uh, I feel better now. How do you feel <laughs> about the Falcons interviewing after Bill Belichick, Jim Harbaugh? I saw that. He's uh, yeah. not messing around. Yeah, but it really surprised me because, I, honest to God, I thought – If you're this- Pete Carroll, are you like, am I just not going to get a call? How, I mean, it, it, I'm alive, right? Yeah. I mean – But I don't think he's getting a call. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I mean, I really don't. I mean, unless he's going to go coach Marist High School in yeah. Atlanta, I don't think anyone's calling. I don't. 
Because I, you think he's a bad coach? No, 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 no. I, I don't I don't know. I hear you. I kind of agree with you. Someone would do themselves well to bring him in. I, I don't disagree with you at all, but I don't sense there's any of that. Yeah, no, and, well, there isn't. Now, now, yeah. now, we could, now, we could look up and find out that somebody – we didn't hear about it and he's going to the coach the commanders, but I don't sense it at all. I don't either. And uh, the Harbaugh thing surprised me because I didn't, I, he didn't strike me as a make-the-rounds guy. Stri- he struck me as a guy that someone was going to hire him. They've decided – before they even hire him, that he's their guy. That they're gonna. I mean, look. I'd go back to Michigan before yeah, I yeah. coach the Falcons yeah. if I was Harbaugh. I thought what it also said to me is, Belichick comes into Atlanta, leaves. There's no offer, and you're interested in interviewing other people. Maybe he's not the guy that's but, that's as good of a coach as he once was. But it's interesting. The Falcons can't wait to tell you who they've interviewed. That's an odd. That's an odd paradigm. Usually, teams. Reporters figure it out and they confirm it or don't confirm it. The Falcons can't wait to have their PR people say, "Hey, we just we've com- completed our interview." Yeah, they, yeah. isn't that unusual? It is. Denver started that a few years ago with the transparency behind it, yeah. just to make it, I think, easier. So they weren't getting just calls left and right from all the reporters that nationally and and on the local beat. So it's become more of a thing, but it's still unusual. Like the Jaguars would never do this. And so, and and again, that's not a criticism. That isn't everything else I've said today is. But um, I and uh, yeah. So I mean, I I think it's it's it is a unique approach, but it's it's still it's not it's not brand new. They also the Falcons probably feel like they're beating their chest a little bit. Arthur Blank is because he's brought in Billy Joel and right. Taylor Swift, as right. far as Correct. if you I, look at NFL coaches. Totally agree. And, and Lauren, to that end, defending himself to his constituents. Why don't you try? Why'd you hire Arthur Smith? And mm-hmm. nobody knew. Why. Well, look, now I'm interviewing the big timers. I think he won, they want to, bra- yeah, beating their chest, but also defending themselves to their followers. So, of all the four games that we have this upcoming weekend, there is one that has the highest ticket prices. Guess which one it is. It's got to be Bill's Chiefs, right? One would think. That's what oh, I Oh, you know, it's the Lions, it isn't is it? It is the Lions yeah. because what? they haven't been there in so I long. I will say that is a really cool story. I mean, I, it, I it, is, it is really cool that Detroit is finally ha- has a football I team agree. that they can celebrate. And, uh, you know, and, and they've done a brilliant job of, of constructing I agree. I agree that team. I totally so. agree with that. Yeah. I, I like both. Those. I, I won't be disappointed. I'll probably pull for the Lions. Uh, but I like the Bucks story as well. I mean, everybody writes them off after mm-hmm. Brady retires. I, I thought they'd be bad, uh, and and they've hung in, and and uh, you've seen their reporters tweeting about how much dead money that they had to work around this year, and so they really are playing. Yeah, you know, so it's like a almost like a the NFL's version of small market team, you know, makes a run because that's kind of what they've had to be because of all the money that they you know, lost in, in transactions. So uh, the, both those are fun stories. But, yeah, the, the Lions, man, I can only imagine that city must just be electric. Because, I mean, we got to enjoy that last year. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, the joy that we had last year for that three-, four-week run, I mean, it was, it was magnificent. And did you go to Detroit? Obviously, Frank, you were there. But did you go to Detroit for the that game? I did. Okay. And uh, so, what was the atmosphere like when the Lions destroyed the Jets? It was good. I mean, they've 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 got a good fan base. Again, the striking thing about covering a game in Detroit is how they have Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, 
and then everyone else is basically not wearing a face mask in the in the pictures of prominent players that they put. I mean, it's just. I mean, I mean, real. They just haven't done anything. Real. So that's why it's kind of cool that they're having this run. Hayes says that a lot. So, I, so I, I thought back because mm-hmm. as a kid following the NFL, that's really true. I mean, other than Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders, their great players are. Lem Barney and Mel Farr, and they were in the 60s. Yeah. I mean, so, and, and then whoever played back in the day, yeah. before my day even. Right. So the, it's truly true. Uh, one other, to your question, an, an, an addendum to your question, um, we were both there for the game, obviously, last year, but I was there for training camp this year. We trained, we were there for three weeks with them, I mean, three days with them. There was energy. You could tell they really liked who they were. You That, that was very, very clear being around the fan base. I went, training camp was packed. It was, it was almost like a Patriots training camp. I mean, everywhere you went, they set up all the little restaurants. I mean, the little food places. It was really, it was a cool setting. It really was. I mean, there was, there were food vendors and hot dogs and pretzels all at training camp. It was pretty cool. Well, according to the one of the guys that works for a ticket place, six hundred and forty-six dollars to get in the door for the Lions game. The average price is around a thousand dollars, and then the other playoff games get in prices around two fifty. Average prices around six fifty. Well, the two things I remember most about the Lions, other than the Thanksgiving game before they got good again. Were the two quarterbacks getting wiped out? The do you remember? It was, it was, I think Wilmer Marshall. Oh hit, yeah, and Scott Brantley hit one of them too. Was it Scott Brantley on Eric Hipple? I don't know that one. The, the Wilbur, Wilbur Marshall, Marshall one's one Ferguson, of the most violent hits I've ever but seen. But it's two former Gators. I'm telling you, Scott Brantley. I don't know that one at Scott all. Scott Brantley hit Eric Hipple, I think, and Wilbur, I think, hit Joe Ferguson. Maybe I think it was Ferguson. You, you, you Google. You, you have time later on, Lauren. YouTube, Wilbur Marshall again. They're both both times. It's a it's a former Gator hitting a Lions quarterback in the NFL. Brutal hits. I mean, brutal hits. The Wilbur Marshall one and the Scott Brantley one. I guess I'll have to look for the Scott yeah, yeah, Brantley unbelievable. one. unbelievable. Which team in the divisional round has the most pressure? Baltimore. To win. Of uh, all of them? Yeah, Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. The Chiefs always have pressure because of the uh, Chiefs. Yeah, Baltimore probably. It's close, though, because the Chiefs and Bills both have pressure. The Texans have no pressure. Uh, the NFC teams that are left other than the 49ers have no pressure. Yeah, the 49ers have pressure, Yeah, especially because I, they think they would have yeah. been to the Super Bowl if not for the Brock so Purdy injury. Sort of the way, Bills have a ton of pressure, I the think. The Bills yeah. have a ton it of pressure. It may be the Bills. It may be yeah. the Bills more than, than the I don't Raiders. think the Chiefs really do because they've got multiple yeah. trophies yeah. lately. So uh, I, I would say it's yeah, Bills, between Raven. the Ravens and Bills. Yeah. I'd say Ravens just because of the season they've had. Yeah. And the, 49ers, the Bills kind of lost yeah. a lot of the pressure yeah. because of how poorly mm-hmm. they played. Like They've had to kind of yeah. surge just to get here, whereas mm-hmm. Baltimore has been – anointed, you know, the AFC's best team now for two months. A scary story in the NFL. Colts owner Jim Ursay was found unresponsive and struggling to breathe. This was back in December. Apparently, according to ESPN, he was in attendance at the Colts' home game against the Steelers December 16th. Of course, the team has said that he has been struggling with and dealing with a severe respiratory illness. Yeah, that's scary stuff. It's always scary stuff when there's health issues. And owners are not young men. Owners are generally, not always, but owners usually in their 60s, 70s, and beyond. So, yeah. yeah, not young men. Glad he's okay. Me too. Uh, Frank, what did you make of the story that Amazon will partner with Diamond Sports yeah. to basically make sure, because they are in bankruptcy, to make sure that the 11 Major League Baseball, yeah. 15 NBA, and 11 NHL teams still get coverage? See, the RSNs, the regional sports mm-hmm. networks, went belly up. They, yep. they, pl- they played a card that failed, and that was, we'll make enough money but they pay so many rights to these pro teams, and they all went when when, when they all it was the Fox Group and not Liberty. What were they called most recently? Bally. When the uh, Bally when the Bally ones went be- belly up, 
that you, you can't go backwards, Lauren. You can't have your fans able to see every game, and then boom, all of a sudden you can't. So they had no choice. They had to find some sort of a partner. You you had to feel the you had to believe the streaming services at some point were going to be in play, didn't you? Didn't you have to think when you're looking for at some? I point honestly this, wasn't sure what was going to happen. Yeah, but you, but you knew that what they weren't going to what baseball, basketball, and the NHL, particularly baseball and hockey, weren't going to do was all of a sudden turn around and now now I can't watch that Pirates mm-hmm. uh, Reds game. They, they were never going to let that happen, and I, so I'm not surprised the streaming people they, they, they get involved in everything. So I'm not surprised. I, I, think I didn't it'll see it coming, be, but I'm not surprised. I think it'll be through Amazon Prime, which, of course, no surprise yeah. there because they've gotten into the sports world. It is crazy. I feel like if you had asked me five years ago, will you watch anything and will you watch sports on Amazon Prime? I probably would have said no, but because the NFL was the first to debut on it, now I feel like it's kind of made the transition for everyone else easier. Here's a show to do one day, and we'll do it one day in the off season. It's amazing how – I mean, I'm 65 years old, okay? I was a sports fan since my dad and I watched the Cardinals play the Dodgers and, and Bob Gibson and Don Dreisel pitched against each other in the mid-60s. So it's amazing. And, and we, you, if you ever got to see a game on TV, it was awesome. There was a game of the week in every sport. Every sport had one game a week. It's amazing how that has trend in, in 40 years plus or 50 years plus, hell, 60 years plus, that has turned into every game and every sport's on TV. I and mean, we th- we take it for granted now. We do, but it's pretty amazing. Every game, in a, every game, right? Every game in every sport. Not I, only I that, mean, you can be on a boat, you can be on the beach, you can be on the golf course, that's right. you can be at your kids' track meet, right. and literally, you can watch any game, any sport Anytime. On, a, on your phone. Yeah, I mean, the the Pittsburgh Pirates will play 162 games, and I will probably watch parts of 155 of them. There's probably six or seven games I'll be traveling or somewhere, but but I will probably watch at least part of 155 baseball games. Think about that. Pretty amazing. It is. It's incredible. All right, time now for today's takeaways. Now, today's takeaways, brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. My takeaway is that I want the Jaguars to sign Josh Allen to a lucrative extension Uh at least by the deadline, which is when I think it'll get done. And, uh, Frank, I like your thought on Derrick Henry uh, and his potential uh, in the future. So would love to see Derrick Henry be part of the solution for the Jaguars' short yardage issues. Yeah, that would be amazing. Uh, My takeaway is that the Florida men's basketball team is going to be up and down all season long just when you think they're decent or pretty good. Uh, then they're going to lay an egg. So hopefully that means against Missouri they're going to bounce back and have a much better offensive performance. Yeah, we'll see what happens uh, with them. I think they're ordinary, and I and I fear that it's going to be hard to break out of that. I, I think I think the portal world has changed so much about football and basketball that it's and baseball. The only I, I think if you're not a, if you're not really on top of the world, it's going to be hard. Now Florida baseball will be fine because they're still getting all the good players. The portal guys still come there, so I saw ranked second in D one baseball rankings. And, and I tell you what, I they Nick Nick Delatore, who's a big baseball guy, he tweeted out their lineup, what he their expected lineup. They're they're who's better now? I mean, it's the same. It's, it's almost all the same guy. Other than Langford, it's all the same guys. So so it'll be they'll be good again. All right, let's say hello to Rick Ballou. Now the two minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. 
Rick, I don't know if you saw this or not. It just happened. I'm not saying FSU's getting a lot of those Crimson Tide players, but just a moment ago, Bart Starr, Ken Stabler, and Johnny Musso all transferred to FSU. Have you heard? <laughs> I had not. How about yeah. that? Who's left? Who's left in Tuscaloosa? They all, is there like one road? Is it just one road that goes straight through? Isn't this a beautiful thing? It really is. Actually, it's Not really cor- for the three of us, but for you, I can see how yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, it's pretty corrupt, honestly. I mean, it's college football's fault. Why did they allow this to happen? And it's happening there. It's happening in Washington. If Jim Harbaugh takes the job at, uh, you know, Los Angeles with the Chargers, it's it's going to happen to Michigan. I, you know, I'm still having a little bit of tr- trouble understanding if school started, you're not allowed to transfer, but there's a little bit of a loophole where I guess you can transfer. I mean, I got to believe school has already started at Michigan. So if Harbaugh announces this weekend or next week that he's leaving, there's still that 30-day window. I guess you can go poach them, but they don't become eligible until, what, the second semester? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, but, this is all like uncharted water. But I'll say this. If you're a fan of Florida State, yeah, and that is the system, be the one that goes and gets them, right? I mean, I mean, it's not, it's not your fault. That's the system. Yeah. It was such a bad December. And, you know, after what happened in that bowl game, my biggest concern was – lifting that black cloud of everyone feels sorry for me. They've done that in about two weeks. I'm telling you, Rick, I told Hayes and Lauren earlier. It's absolutely nuts uh, what they have been able to do. I get this feeling, and it kind of pisses me off, that FSU's now back to being, like, good every year. And, I mean, mean, just who knows how good these guys are? We really don't know. But I get my gut tells me that they're going to be loaded again because they get all the good guys from wherever. A lot of these guys they got didn't do anything. Yeah. Look at what Jared Verse did in college. Oh, I know. At, uh, look, at, at, look at what Wilson did at Arizona State. Look at what Benson did at Oregon. I mean, I, I think if people are under the assumption that these guys put up huge numbers. I mean, a guy like Jaheim Bell put up some decent numbers in South Carolina. Did, but he recognized yeah. the ones that didn't. Right? And Norvell won with three-star, and he won with transfers. Now he's had the best recruiting class of his young career at Florida State, bringing in better talent, four-star yeah. players, and now transfer portal guys, so I don't like it. I want um, Willie Taggart back. I love hey, it, can man. We, hey, can we get Willie Taggart back? Is Taggart around? <laughs> I want Willie Taggart Ta- back. Hey, you know what Willie oh. Taggart's doing? He's coaching Dalvin Cook this weekend as a running backs <laughs> coach is. for the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, he is. I know. He okay. Is. All right, what's coming up tonight? Um, well, you know, we got a lot of good stuff planned here over the next couple of hours. Uh, coming up in 20 minutes, Dave Wydell is going to join me. Always really opinionated on uh, everything, and that includes the Jags. So we'll talk with the former. Offensive lineman who played center here. Uh, The Philly Godfather will take us through all four games during the divisional weekend of the National Football League playoffs. And I I got a topic up my sleeve, which I'll introduce coming up in our second hour as well. So we're expecting to have a lot of fun here. Sounds good. Rick Belugos into the night. That happens right now. Folks, that's our program. Thanks for being part of it. Tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel. For Hayes, Lauren, and RJ, I'm Frank French. You have a great night.